Jam-packed to the rafters. Let's go up to our ring announcer. The following podcast is scheduled for one episode and is our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Outside, we couldn't see it from our vantage point. Welcome to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. It is episode number 205. We are coming to you on Monday, December the 28th, 2020. Our last show of this year. As always, I'm Joe Murata. And to romp through the world of retro wrestling with me one last time for 2020 is Michael Quinn. How you doing there, Michael? Howdy diddy. We are kicking off a new year next week. End Isn't of crazy? the year. This is it. This, this is it. End of this crusty year. <laughs> Enough. Yeah, it's. Uh, we'll see what 2021 brings, but I'll tell you what, it, folks. It, it had its romp through us. Oh, we romped uh, yeah. all throughout 2020. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you what, though. We're going to bring to you the best and the worst in the retro wrestling today, as always. A few things before we get to that, though. If you have a Twitter, you can follow us there at OVP Podcast. You, you might want to do that for the clips. Yeah, the clips. We have it's, a lot of video clips. Clips is very important. Um, <laughs> it's, a, it's a thing that we do on the Twitter where you can watch the greatest clips yeah. of all of the times, really. All the times. Every day, there's like a dozen clips, literally crazy, every day. right? Yeah, so check it out. At OVP Podcast on Twitter. You can also email us at ovppodcast at gmail.com. That is ovppodcast at gmail.com. But Quinn, there's a really good place if people want to talk to you and me and hundreds of other retro wrestling fanatics. Where is it? Over at facebook.com slash end of the year Twitter. Right. I don't know. Because that, that's what we just talked about. Yeah, of course. That, that's why we name it. You know, I name it on the fly, and actually, like, Twitter listens to this stream. Yeah, they, they do. They're like, we like to combine forces with the Facebook group. Oh, yeah. And so Big that, conglomeration. That, yeah, so yeah. that's what's really going on here. They listen. This is so, all true. Yeah, it's all real. But anyway, <laughs> over at Facebook slash end of the year clips Twitter stream thing. Yeah, clip stream. Um, you can join a group. It's a very special group, and we have a Yo, search bar to find it, right? Oh, what do you? How do you use that? Type in that search bar. Our vantage point. Dash retro wrestling podcast. Bing, bang, boom. Tubes, work. Kafuli. All the ceremonial salt. Yeah, right. Um, you hit the join button and you're in. And then when you join the group, from yeah. what I understand anyway, mm-hmm. um, there's one rule that you agree to, and it's don't be a uh, what? A dunderhead. Don't be a dunderhead. Now, that just means don't be a meanie, right? Don't yeah. be a jerk. We don't, don't, we don't, we don't like that. We don't do that over there. Does anyone like that? I don't like Facebook <laughs> groups like that. I, I, I hit the unjoin button yeah, when I see that. Right. You know? Dejoin. Yeah, dejoin. <laughs> so... Be nice to each other is the point. You can talk about the retro wrestling all you want. You can go a little off top. You can veer if you want to do a little there's veer. Some veer. Yeah, I think I think there's definitely some veer involved. <laughs> there's a little veer. But the bottom line is just go to our group. Have fun. No personal attacks, but you can just talk about old wrestling, old stuff in general. Like just old sh- old brown shoe. All right, so go to our Facebook group. Also, year is winding down, but January, Quinn, the biggie uh, for next year on the Patreon Royal Rumble. Yeah. The coming out next end. week it's a it's a big event that uh not it's not the big event no it, we did that one already it, it's actually good oh god the big yeah. event but yeah it's a great event that uh you could get on patreon.com slash ovp podcast that's it it's only gonna be five bucks and that's gonna include every single event before it which is tuesday in texas backwards to wrestlemania wow including the big event 
<laughs> from Unfor- if you want to listen to that, <laughs> and I prefer the wrestling classic because of the whole car. Oh giveaway. god, the wrestling classic as far funny. as bad papers yeah. go. But there you go. But you can form your opinion by going to Patreon.com/slash OVP Podcast. Pick up all of the pay-per-view reviews for just five bucks a month, and the 1983 Canon, which is a bi-weekly show. Check it out. Patreon.com slash OVP podcast. But Quinn, we are at the halfway point of season 21. Yes. And we have been doing a new segment that was suggested to us by Dan Lopez. And basically this segment is all about how, you know, we, we see things that happen in wrestling that sometimes are built up to be really, really good. You would think, oh, wow, this is really going to be a success or this is really going to work out. And then for whatever reason, it doesn't work. And this one is a segment called What Went Wrong? <laughs> even is that? I don't I, worry I, about it. Why will you not tell me? <laughs> anyway, this one this week was suggested by our big friend of the show, one of the big uh, OVP cheerleaders and uh, always has our back out there, Josh Kuhn. Oh, there he is. Oh, there he is. And Josh Kuhn wanted us to talk about, Quinn, what went wrong with Bret Hart in the WCW. The WCW. Ah, that's, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's um, a little sticky, huh? A company not used to somebody, I think. Yeah, mostly. that's part of it. There was a lot of things. Uh, you know, I do things my own way. You know, they didn't know. They suck. Fuck them. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck the WCW. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway. I say the a lot more here. <laughs> La Parca. All, all sorts of names. The Super Brawl. Yeah. Anyway, let's get to it here. So, why would this have been good is a very simple answer. Montreal. Yeah. <laughs> That's the number one reason. Like, forget the fact that Bret Hart was still very good in 97. It's not like he was washed up. I mean, most people agree, probably you, Quinn, that 96, 97 is probably his best work in the WWE. Actually, like, it's funny. I didn't know at the time he was, like, as old as he was. Like, I really just yeah, didn't. Yeah, he's like 39, 40. I was like, oh, he, I didn't, that's something I didn't even think about. I was like, oh, he's just a professional wrestler. <laughs> right. He looks like he's, uh, he doesn't look like Hulk Hogan. He's not old. Yeah, he you looked know? like he was 35 the whole time. Yeah, right? so I didn't really have any qualms with his age. So no. I didn't really get, like, I didn't know he was, like, close to 40 or anything. Yeah, during some of his best work. I didn't know that wrestling work. with shadows and him and Julie at the table and all that. You know, I'm almost 40, you know, like that <laughs> shit. Right. But, like, I really had no clue. <laughs> I'm 40. Just turned 40 a week ago. Did you really? Yeah. So he came to the WCW, and the first thing I thought, actually, I know people say Montreal, but the one thing I thought is like, oh, oh, look at all these, he could fight all these people in NWO and like all these wrestlers that he never fought, maybe some of the cruiserweights or something, like that would be neat. There were a lot of possibilities, right? And let's say that he left WWF ceremoniously, and it was nice. It's still a good pickup for WCW to have. Yeah. Bret Hart, because he was very good. Well, okay, so here's the thing. Is if he left and there was no Montreal, yeah. which is fine, too, like you said. Yeah. First of all, we I think we've discussed this. There wouldn't even be that sting stuff. No. Like, none of he that wouldn't would have it, come in as a referee, they probably. They would have just waited till like, January or whenever yeah. they were allowed to, like, let him wrestle. Yeah, January you know? was when he was allowed to wrestle. So that's basically what happened, folks. Obviously, Montreal in November, right? right. Bret Hart had already signed. He uh, debuts in December before Starcade on, uh, on TV, on Nitro. So if you're looking for a referee, is that what you want? Referee? I would be honored to be the referee. Can't wrestle, he's got a 60-day non-compete. Which is, yeah, which is, like we have said in the past, is why he did all the nonsense at, at Starcade that year. Yeah, so he's a ref for a, 
Larry Zbysko versus Eric Bischoff at Starcade, and then he rather infamously comes out during Sting Hogan and um, reverses or like restarts the match, even though the count was. We all know this. I don't want to mm-hmm. get into it. Quinn refuses to admit that it was bad, but that's I have a different no idea story. What you're talking about, Thank but you. anyway. Uh, so, but let's really get into why this was bad. Number one, Quinn. They never seem to have a clear direction for what Brett was doing in WCW, and that's in contrast to WWF, where you know what was always good about Brett's WWF work? He always had a story. Yeah. <laughs> Whether it was Owen or Austin or whatever. Well, it wasn't even just that. It wasn't even... I didn't even know what division he was in. Was he going for the world yeah. title? Was he the US thing? That was the weird thing, too. It was like seeing Bret Hart with essentially the Intercontinental title yeah. of WCW, I was like, this is confusing. Like, I thought he's like a world champion contender. He like, was, right? Like, I mean, as, as, like, as like somebody who who like watched wrestling like i didn't un- i couldn't fathom the idea of like bret hart going for the us title. it was the same thing with like when i saw like in in 95 or whenever it was w7 where rick flair had like the, the us, US yeah. and i was like 96 what the fuck is going on <laughs> yeah, it's like, weird right what, what, i don't even understand why they're doing that and it's not as if bret hart what if you want to say he's not on the level of a rick flair or a hulk hogan i give you that but who else was in the company? Like, is he really not a better, like, better than Kevin Nash? Yeah, he is. Or Scott Hall? I it's think he'd not- be Kevin Nash would say <laughs> yeah. he is. I just need the money. I don't fucking care. Yeah. You know, I don't um, care. Although, <laughs> he, I saw something recently where he has some issue with Goldberg still to this day. Or Nash? Something. Yeah, I have no idea what that is. But anyway, but, I mean, he's Brett, generally a nice person. <laughs> Brett was no slouch, is my point. He's yeah. not a Hulk Hogan. He's not a Ric Flair. But he was no slouch. Right. He's still Bret Hart. And the added bonus... Of Montreal added in the intrigue, what they do with him is he comes in, his first feud is with Ric Flair, which is just fine, but weird, fine. Why is that weird? I think that's a good, like, just opening salvo, right? The (laughs) the guy he beat for the world title. Yeah. You know, like, they have a little history. They have a little history. I think he, Brett wins. Let's see Flair reverse this one. It's over! And then he kind of just randomly turns heel, but he doesn't join the NWO. He just helps them in the spring. I don't even... His whole, uh, like, it's, is he with the NWO or so not? Bad. NWO 2000, all this nonsense. That's later. <laughs> I know, but I'm saying, like, any any of his associations with the NWO they're are all just, terrible. They're, they're stupid. Nothing good happens with that. Like, he basically is like, you know, I'm not really in it, but I want to help Hulk Hogan. But, then, but why? He doesn't I even like him. Know. <laughs> and then he, like, rarely wrestles on Nitro, by the way. He tries yeah. to get Chris Benoit to join the NWO, even though he's not in it, See, but he likes this it. Is, this is where they made, this is, here's, you want to know what went wrong he should have never been nwo <laughs> no! anything like he should have been like how ddp was like you know what i mean like how yeah. ddp is like i don't you fuck nwo <laughs> like you know what i'm just good you know right. <laughs> like that was like DDP. that should have been brad hart should have been that type of character like right. he doesn't even need to touch the nwo like they no. could have the initial like i'm fine with the whole thing where they have the initial like ooh, we're gonna get him in the nwo and then he rejects them right yeah, right and then right. you know okay brett there's some people now like brett hard and ddp and Stings sometimes kind when he's of. not in the red right. and NWL, but yes. like yeah, and Brett, you know, he won the TV t- or the US title, excuse me, <laughs> defeated DDP. It was vacant, and then he lost it to Luger. He won it back. They were just flipping and flopping him around. It's very 1998 booking. You know what I mean? Yeah, and Brett, we've got too many people in the company booking. That's the thing, right? Yeah. And there's just too many people in the company, period. But, I mean, hell, you got fucking Crush lurking around, like, for some reason. It, it and, is real. Like, I know. And they're pushing him, too! Like, there's points. Like, <laughs> it's... No! He, like, the fact is that there's very few memorable Bret Hart WCW moments. There's he, too many 
other things going on. There's so much shit going on, right? I think the best thing he did in WCW mm-hmm. was in the spring. I think it was March where he was in Toronto and he called out Bill Goldberg. Bill Goldberg, his brother yeah. always called him Bill. He thinks because he's built like a tank that he can run over top of me. Well, I'm not going anywhere, Bill Goldberg, till you come out of that dressing room biting your fingernails, trembling with fear because he can take me on right here tonight. And <laughs> Bill Goldberg. You know, Bill Goldberg. And Goldberg speared him and he had the metal plate on. That was funny. What happened here? Bret Hart is, is, Bret Hart is down and out. So is Goldberg. Goldberg is not moving either. Did you see the impact of the spear? Oh! oh. How about that? Solid iron, probably. And then he's like, hey, w- the WCW, I quit. Hey, Bischoff! And the WCW, I quit. Then Owen dies two months later. Right. So by the time Brett comes back in the fall of 99, he has that tribute match uh, with Chris Benoit, somewhat mm-hmm. ironically. And Chris, you know. Yeah, um, know. Good I match, know. though, if yeah. you're just looking at wrestling. See, here's the thing. is It's one of those situations to me when I think back to it. It wasn't like... It's not the, like, it's all bad, like, it's not that, it's just, like, mediocre. It's very mediocre. Right? Yeah, it's not, it's all bad or anything, no, Yeah, no, no. it's just kind of like, it's like Bret Hart bonus footage or something. Like, it doesn't fucking matter, Bret really. Hart DVD extras. Yeah, it's just like, <laughs> Deleted oh, at, scenes. Yeah, it's like, look at these extra, like, Bret Hart things that I never got to see, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. that's neat, right? But you're right, it's yeah. like, for all intents and purposes, to me, his career ended in 1997. Right, exactly, like, <laughs> and it's like, this is just the bonus clips that's like, the best fucking way to put it Quinn. yeah seriously that's uh, really true there, there is some fun matches yes. where you're like oh i never thought bret hart fought this guy or something right like, you know and when he was randomly healed sometimes he had funny promos like obviously the um the el dandy one but he had other ones too yeah. around that time who is this guy to even have a match with me let alone a non-title match because he's a loser he's not gonna get a title shot you can forget about that well he is not a loser you know he's that, a bret. loser so this is actually like a great thing. Again, this is a strength of WCW. It's that fact that Bret Hart can f- fuck around on like worldwide and shit. Like Gene. Because. Like he shouldn't be is, doing that. I, I know I keep right. reiterating it, but it's such a huge strength of WCW that they give a shit about their B shows. Oh, yeah. Like it's amazing. To right, me. right. So no. to have Bret on those shows is just amazing. Right. In theory, he shouldn't be. Right? Yeah. He should be doing much more important things. Yeah, but in the, you say that, that's everyone. Everyone I mean, uh, is on these what shitty I mean shows in WCW. Every, WCW doesn't give a shit. You could be fucking Hulk Hogan and you're on Worldwide. He'll swing by. Yeah, it's, it just doesn't matter. Like, it's Worldwide. Fuck it. That might be the best stuff Brett did, actually. It's yeah. this weird heel run in, like, late 98, early 99, where he's yeah. just, like, very silly. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> and I think the one guy that stands out the most, the guy that I think has earned a title shot... El Dandy, I think you're a heck of a wrestler. You're a great technician in the ring, and you're a jam-up guy. Whoa. I don't see any Whoa. reason. Wait a minute. El Dandy has been wrestling in, in, in the cruiserweight division here. Please. He's a great wrestler. So in the late 99 run, just to wrap up his WCW career, Vince Russo takes the book, and I know he's always horrible. Never, ever, ever good. He never, never was good. Um, never. To, never. Nothing. Really. He's just the worst uh, um, booker, writer guy yeah, ever. Terrible. But his basic thing was like, we have Bret Hart, and we're not using him right. Mm-hmm. So he's like, 
Let's make Brett the world champion. Let's just like, try that for I once. I worked at the place where they used him, so <laughs> yeah. maybe just listen to me on this one. You yeah, know what they, I mean? like, that kind he, of thing. At least Russo gives him a try as the world champion. Tries right. it. Of course, Brett gets kicked in the head by Goldberg. We know that. Kind of like staggers through another month or so. NWO 2009. It's bad. Yeah. Brett's like not conscious for half of it. He's like halfway there. But this was like during it's the period sad. of time, too, where people weren't like, it's not like now where they know everything about concussions. People were just like, oh, concussion. And they just like work through it. Yeah, they did. They knew and it was bad, but they didn't like think it was like the worst thing ever. Basically. Yeah. 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 No, that's a good way to put it. They knew they were bad. You're right. right. There wasn't total ignorance. But, but they thought, oh, you know, I know a guy that's been through this. I'll just, <laughs> what yeah. did he do? And like, you know, that's like how they got through that shit. Pretty much. Yeah. And uh, that was January where he finally was like, you know, I can't do this anymore. So. He makes a, a couple of quick appearances. I remember him, and we saw this one. He comes out. There's some weirdo battle royal during the New Blood uh, Millionaire's Club feud in, like, May. I don't even remember that. And he comes out. I forget if he's in it or not. And then he has, like, one last appearance in uh, September of 2000. Uh, just a one-timer. It's a promo against Goldberg on Thunder. And right. um, that's really it. And then he gets fired via FedEx uh, in October of 2000. He got fired? Yeah, I, they, they I, laid I him off. I, I think yeah. I never looked into what the actual end game of Bret Hart was. They fired, and you know what? They're not wrong, really. I mean, he couldn't wrestle anymore. Yeah, they're like, what? Do, what we can't use you. Yeah, but didn't he have a contract? They still had to pay out the contract. Oh, they right? would have paid like, it. Yeah, like, they would have paid it out. Sure, that was the whole point of him leaving and him in the pool or whatever. You know, if I get hurt, they still have to pay me a million dollars or whatever. Something, little boy. Anyway, so Bret Hart was there just under three years. Which is kind of a long time, if you think about it, but he was like... Yeah, people think... I always... It's... You're actually right. A lot of people, I think, think, oh, it was just a brief... It was it was a while. It was a while, but he was, like, in and out because of the 99 thing. He was gone for, like, eight months after that Goldberg right. thing, and then... And plus, WCW, like, kind of collapsing around him, mm-hmm. like, post-98. Right. So he, he only, came in at the exact wrong time, by the way, just for the company. Very good point. When Just when WWF was kicking it up a notch and when things were at a crossroads... And WCW was desperately trying to transition out of the NWO, but they couldn't, like, they could nothing they didn't could know s- how. They didn't, like, well, I don't even think it was they didn't know how. It was literally nothing was sticking. Like, they were trying, yeah. like, all these, like, weird, they tried to the reset. They tried, like, trying more factions. Tried, they tried <laughs> everything. Like, the only thing that really worked was Goldberg around that time. Right. Um, but anyway, back to Brett. What went wrong? Uh, he went to WCW. That's what went wrong. I'm not even trying to be funny. Yeah. They're, they were never going to use him right. There's mm-hmm. too many people there, and it was already, like, WCW was already kind of established with what it was doing, whether it was good or bad, right? WCW was already they kind of... They were WCW. That's they, how they roll. And by 98, you know, they're the Hulk Hogan version of WCW, right? The NWO version. And all they did was kind of toss Brett into the mix. Right. Which, they treated Brett as just, oh, look at another right. star to fight the NWO or yeah, be part or of the Yeah, or be NWO. with them maybe, right? Yeah, or whatever. And honestly, I get it. I mean, that's what they... I'm not saying they should have. I get that they did that. But you think, you know, we, we should have gotten, and I know why we didn't, because of politics, a Bret Hart-Hulk Hogan pay-per-view match maybe would have been nice. That would have been cool. A, a high-profile Bret Sting match. I know they had one in, like, September, October 98, but... They should have sh- done all like the that. matches, like, that they could, that Bret Hart could never do, right? Right. You yeah, know, I know. Or that he never did if those guys weren't in WF at the time, yeah. or if they were just WCW-like legends, like Sting, like you said. Or DDP by that point. Right. And I'm sure he fought all of these people, but because yeah, it's Nitro. WCW, yeah, it wasn't well promoted. 
They even rushed into the flair feud the first thing he did. That's the only reason I said it was weird. They didn't, um, honestly, if you think about it. Like, that who did, remembers any of this stuff is yeah, what I mean. That, well, that, that <laughs> and the fact that, like, the flair thing just done on a side, that already happened, so there probably wasn't any, like, we don't need to. It, like, I know, we yeah. We need to spend time we building just, this up. No, no, fair, Quinn. You know, fair. Like, everyone knows Brett won his first title from Ric Flair. Why not have them fight one Good more point. time in WCW? You know, and, and other people might accuse Brett of maybe not giving it 100% or not. I don't know because I haven't really watched a lot of this, but can I just counter that with one thing? Kevin Nash give a hundred percent and name mm-hmm. one good match that Scott Hall had in WCW. Yeah. Like name something the that only thing any that, of those guys only, did that was better than their WWF work also. Right. You the, know, the only thing that you can say about them though, those two guys specifically, yeah. Hall and Nash, yeah. they like pretty much are what like kickstarted the fucking company. They were like in like dungeon of doom rut and they didn't know like, oh, yeah, no, where, no, no. like if those two didn't come in and do what they, that's why I always the Kevin Nash and Scott Hall. If you ever noticed post like the beginning of the end they held like a special place in that company like well, they, yeah like they were just like politically too yeah there was just like a lot of it's like oh those guys are like real badass right like they yeah. started the nwo but all they like, did was like get out of their wwf contract and show up and they were right. used properly exactly they didn't like do anything special but whatever you know whatever happened <laughs> they did what they were told to i'm saying whatever happened you know, in the process was... like they were always treated as like Oh, you don't fuck with these guys. And that's a veneration that Bret Hart failed to achieve, I think, in WCW. Yeah, you didn't get that, like, you don't fuck with this guy. And he came in stupid uh, with the rap, and he's like, yeah. you know what, I've been screwing. He's not even on the mic when he says it. He's like, you know what, I've been screwing. It's not going to happen. And so what, what are you doing? I don't know. What? That's what, it started with that, and it was all downhill from there. The only things he did were the steel plate and the El Dandy. Like, I'm not even fucking really kidding. That, that's the, the only Dandy good era. A great thing. 99 bread. I would like, <laughs> actually, I would like to go back just personally, maybe just to look if, because the thing is with, with all of this is that, especially when I watch a lot of Nitro, if I'm on a streak of watching some Nitro just Sorry for fun. To hear that. <laughs> um, there's a lot of matches that you never even like remember yeah. happened on Nitro, yeah, and yeah. some of them are really good. Sure, like, you know what? I mean? Absolutely. <laughs> so, so that's the thing. There might have been like some strange Bret Hart match we're not even thinking of. In oh the yeah, mix yeah. Here. I mean, Bret's wrestling was always solid in WCW. It was never right. a problem of him like not being good anymore. It was just right. he was just used weirdly. But again, that's what you kind of would expect by then. It was just a weird time for him to come in. Like you said, the worst possible time, probably, for a Bret Hart to come in. Just bad timing in the end. I think we could sum it up to that. It's just bad timing. Bad timing and maybe a little bad booking. But yeah, folks, let us know what you think. What went wrong with Bret Hart and WCW? Thank you, Josh Kuhn, for the suggestion there. And uh, obviously, you can do that by uh, going to our Facebook group. Join that. You can tell us on Twitter at OVP Podcast or shoot us an email. But Quinn, when we come back... We have two more names to pull out for the best feuds in wrestling Whoa. of all time. Yeah, that's right. The list is getting hot. It's getting a little heavy. It is the Royal Rankings of Feuds. And that is coming up right after this. I am the United States Heavyweight Champion once again. This is about perseverance. This is about courage. This is about sucking up from the depths of greatness. This is exactly why I am the best there is, the best there was, the best there ever will be, the greatest of all time. I knew it was going to be a special week for me. They're throwing those at you, not me. 
I knew it was going to be a special week for me when Smokey, my cat, ran up and jumped in my arms because he's the only fan I got, and he was so happy to see the U.S. championship belt back around my waist. Dallas Page, you go ahead and fight the Giant. You fight anybody you want, but just stay out of my way because if you ever want to step in the ring with me again, you talk about giant problems, I'll destroy you. I will make you suffer beyond your worst nightmare, and I am the excellence of execution, and I will excellently execute you if you ever cross my path. From Harley Race to Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair to The Rock, Sting to Steve Austin, you're listening to our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thanks for being with us here for Monday, December 28th, episode 205. Winding down the year, Michael. Very windy. This is a long, windy, winding year. Windy down the year. Yes, very windy here. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to wind up over on Patreon, we do have a lot of extra stuff there, like we mentioned. It's patreon.com slash OVP podcast. Two tiers, Quinn. Two bucks, mm-hmm. five bucks. That's it. It's the most basic thing ever. You got two choices and that's you it. pick one or the other. <laughs> We're making it as easy as possible. Mm-hmm. Two bucks is going to get you our 1983 canon. That's a separate show and it comes out every other Friday. Yeah, it's side canon. It's not um, this show. They don't know about this. No, it's actually, maybe they do. <laughs> two different universes, it's always, though. It's always very confusing. Space-time but, continuums, all right. that. Yes. But, you know, we watched the 1983 uh, wrestling. Yeah, we're in September right eventually now. Eventually, we'll watch the 1984 wrestling yeah. when we get to it. But and we started in 82, and you can get all the free ones on this podcast feed here or on YouTube. And we got the, the rewinds come out every other Friday as well if you want to check them out. But mm-hmm. people are starting to get into this like it's catching on as a separate canon. I, mean, a, I, I always said that canon will just let it let it brew over there. <laughs> let it let it do its thing, yep. and it will it will catch like wildfire across the nation. I think uh, I think it has, Quinn. There it's, you uh, go. And it's two bucks a month on Patreon. Across now. Allentown, at least. Yeah, at least across Agricultural Hall in Allentown. Yeah. yeah. Uh, now, if you want to do five bucks a month, you're going to get the 83 Canon. Mm-hmm. And like we said, the pay-per-view reviews, these are full-length reviews of every WWF pay-per-view wow. in order. Yeah, once a month. Started with WrestleMania 1. We threw in the big event. We threw in the Wrestling Classic. We threw in WrestleFest 88 for crying out loud. We threw it all in. We threw it all in for December. We got two out. We got Survivor Series and Tuesday in Texas. And like I said, for the new year, next year, next week probably, Royal Rumble 1992, Quinn. The biggie. Check it out. Five bucks a month. Again, we're not doing this to get rich. We're making the tiers very easy. We're trying to streamline our content, not give you a whole convoluted thing, you know, $79 $79 underwear tier or whatever. We don't do that. We're, we're not about underwear we're not tiers. Doing, we're not doing the underwear we're also not tiers. about $79. No. Who the hell pays $79 for a Patreon? Josh Kuhn. Uh, no. <laughs> so, Why really, would you though, do that? Go to patreon.com slash OVP podcast. If you want to support these two knuckleheads doing this here, it, it would help us out. And if you don't want to, that's okay, too. You're listening to this show. We appreciate that. So, Quinn, it's yes. Royal Rankings time. It is. Now, Royal Rankings and Royal Flush, we should probably explain what that is for anyone new. Yeah. You want me to do that? The new. Okay, for the new. Well, each season, before the season starts, we ask you, the fans, to go to our Facebook group and give us a list of your top 10 of something and your bottom 10 of something. For this season, it was feuds and wrestling. Then, our chief statistician, Joe Merkel, he takes all of those votes and he compiles them into two separate tanks. One for the best, one for the worst. And we alternate each week, so we do best and then worst, best and worst. This week is best. That way, at the end of the season, we are going to have the definitive certified organic, ordained, non-GMO, USDA certified organic and healthy, best and worst feuds of all time. Quinn, we got some on the list right now. We got four, actually. You want me mm-hmm. to run them down? Run them all down. Let's run them. Just, just do it. <laughs> run and, it. At number one, 
Steve Austin versus Bret Hart is holding the top spot. Wow. Now, Stevie Austin, huh? Stevie Austin. Now, it just edged out Austin McMahon. That was a very close one. I heard some good arguments about Austin McMahon. However, the referee's decision is final. I There's like the Brett thing better. I do, too. Yeah. Uh, and there's no going back. So Austin McMahon will hold a healthy number two. Very healthy. <laughs> number three is Brett versus Owen. Now, I like that one a lot. I don't think it's going to stay at number three. I'm I love you on. I love you on. But you're not number one. No. You're not even number two. And I don't think it's going to hold number three, Quinn. Yeah. I think there's some better things. And number four, we'll, we'll, see. we'll see. Number four, Austin Rock. Wow. Pretty good one there. Yeah, that, that, that's a classic. That um, is classy. But to me, that is like one of those in-between feuds. Yeah. yeah. It's like whatever. It's there. Uh, so that is the four on the board now. Like I said, two more names are going to come out of the tank. We're going to see where they rank. But before we do that, we got to go down to Howard Finkel. So he can introduce the Royal Rankings. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for the Royal Rankings. Look at me when I'm talking to you. Dusty Rhodes, whether I like him or dislike him, has got nothing to do with it. And I also appreciate the fact that, hell, you can kiss my ass. And then when I put my hand across her face, my man, it felt so good I should have to pay for that. A man like Ric Flair coming after this championship belt. Listen to this, I hate you. And that's why I kicked your leg out of your leg. It is the Royal Rankings of Feuds in Wrestling. Quinn, there's four on the board, two more coming out. It's getting hot. It's getting a little heavy. It's getting heavy. Hulk Hogan, I hate you. <laughs> such a good clip. Every time I hear that, I laugh. That's a good one. That sums up their feud yeah. entirely. I just I hate Ma- you. Macho Man is so mad. I know. <laughs> so good. Oh, shit. So, folks, we got four on the board. Like we said, Austin Brett, Austin McMahon, Brett Owen, and Austin Rock. Two more are going to be coming out. Quinn, we have been talking about all season good feuds and bad feuds. A good one. Uh, makes for captivating television programming. I was just gonna say, very captivating. Uh, you want to, you don't want to change that channel. You want right. to watch what's gonna happen at the end of the episode. You're like, oh, what? I need more. You, you know? don't want to touch that clicker. No, no click touching. I guess no clicker touch. Click, <laughs> click. No click picks. No click picks. Yeah. Um, and not only that, you know, it can get stars over that maybe weren't before. It could really launch people. Like uh, Brett Austin was really great for Austin's career and for Brett's career. Yes, it could lead the company in a new direction. There's a lot of great things. Provide for really good matches and new, promos. New horizons for the, new wrestlers, horizons. For the wrestlers. Yes, exactly. So those are some things about a feud, and that's why these four that are on here, they all, um, you know, embody those qualities. Quinn, are you ready to find out who drew number five? I'm ready. All right, let's, let's do it. Let's go. We're gonna go down to the fans now and find out which feud drew number five. I'm there for one reason. To challenge you for a world championship match in the WrestleMania. Hogan Andre. Hogan Andre. That is a biggie. Yes, it's a big feud because there's big people in it. They are big people and uh, I figured this one would make it. I'm not surprised. I think it's obviously mainly because of their WrestleMania 3 match. Right. But there's history before that and after that. There's stuff. Somewhat, yeah. No, there's some stuff. Now... Hogan Andre, obviously, besides WrestleMania 3. This feud started in 1980. Most people know this, but we'll we'll recap it real quick. Technically. It did. So when Hulk Hogan came in in 79 to the WWF, he was very much like Billy Graham. You know, a lot of daddy. So hard, daddy. 
And like most people that were kind of like taller than six six did when they came in, they challenge Andre the Giant. That's yep. like every Andre feud. I'm big too. I'm big. I'm big at me. And yeah. that's like every feud, and Andre always wins it. Yep. No, that's this is real because he's bigger. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, so he's got like three inches on them or something. So. I'm the only one that big. Yeah. You're not as big on me. And that's Never every fucking feud. So, if somebody else is like seven foot, Andre's really picking hairs here. <laughs> yeah. We're talking about a couple inches. Like really. You know what I mean? Like, it's just such a fucking... Why don't they just lean up back to back and get, like, a chalk line on the wall? Like, literally, the other guy could just have one yellow pages stand on and it would be taller than... Not even... What? Not even... Not even two. Like, you know? Like, when you're that close? Just saying. <laughs> no, you're right. Anyway, so they have a feud in throughout 1980. That's okay. I mean, I think the most memorable thing... They, they wrestled a lot, but the most memorable one is Showdown at Shea. Uh, in August of 80, the big closed circuit thing. Hogan body slammed Andre a handful of times in 1980, but it was just like... That's erased out of the yeah. game. <laughs> no, we don't talk about that. I can't believe that! Hogan slammed Andre the Giant! It was fine back then, you know what I mean? All that matters is the time that Hogan did it where, like, Andre died the next day or whatever because yeah. of the boots or whatever it was. <laughs> a little later. So, but basically the whole the whole 1980 feud is essentially just an Andre the Giant feud. Yeah, it's the usual, like, see um, Blackjack, Lanza, or whatever. Mulligan. Mulligan. Maybe Lanza also, yeah, though, for it all I know. Been, um, Big John C- Stud. Big John Mud or whatever, yeah. <laughs> Big John on, Mud. on the 83 canon, you yeah. can see that feud that's been going on for way too long. All that shit. Yeah. Yeah, it's the same thing that usually happened with Andre. Hogan never technically won, but he did, like, you know, he hurt Andre. He, like, he got some heat on him. It was the a, usual, though. The usual. It's it was the usual fine. stuff. And anyway, they also crossed over in New Japan where Hogan went over there in 83, 82. Did they meet in the um, New Japan Cup thing, whatever, IW if- International Wrestling Grand Prix? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Pricks. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I just say, you know, as a kid, I used to always think it was called that. because well, it's P-R-I-X. Like, why would anyone say Pricks are for kids. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway. They met up again. I mean, they're both in AWA. Well, Andre was never really in anything, but he would like wander into AWA when Hogan was there. So they were on good terms. Yeah, you know what I mean? Andre used to wander into every <laughs> yeah. place. So. Oh, hi, hello. Yeah. You know, just like for like a week. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm here. Yeah. About a while, I win. Yeah. And then he leaves. Then he the bye. Yeah. <laughs> Essentially, yeah. though. Um, and then, anyway, obviously, the next time they really cross paths is in the WWF. And this is where the canonical history for WWF starts is January of 84 because Hulk Hogan comes in on January 23rd, Quinn. He saves the WWF and America from the Iron Sheik and yes. Sheik's yeah. Ayatollah Blassie. Yes, he, he saved us all. Um, we would have had to deal with it for much longer yes. if the Hulkster didn't come in. And, and what did uh, Andre do? So Andre comes after he, because I guess, I don't know why Andre couldn't like do this himself. <laughs> couldn't he beat the shit out of Iron Sheik? He's, he he's Andre the Giant. Yes, he easily could have. But he comes, he comes right afterwards in the back and he pours oh you want and like he pours the champagne on him and then Hulk Hogan's parents come in and all this stuff but that's like, nice of you yeah. I love that line by Andre I'm very proud of you I always believed in you right. go to Whistler and now Hogan's the champion Andre the Giant congratulating the new heavyweight champion of the world that's nice of you I'm really proud of you and you are a good wrestler and fighter. They're friends throughout 84. Yeah, Hogan wears the white tights and the right. tag team at the Saturday Night's main event that one time. Well, because John Studd, John Mudd, still. St- <laughs> Why? Why is this still happening? This is 83. It's 
ridiculous. Was it possibly late 82? It might have been December of 82. Or so. It's possible. Yes. And John says, like, I'm still not as tall as you or whatever yeah. the feud is. Why is it so long? <laughs> it's like they're going to stay the same height forever. Do anything else. In w- I'm serious. He only fought like Hogan and then Andre again. Yeah, it's so dumb. <laughs> and anyway, they cut his hair because SD Jones was like useless in helping. And <laughs> this is all real. And then Hogan's like, well, yeah, boss, let's team up. Wear your best underpants and I'll wear my white. And yeah. we'll go on Saturday night's main yeah, event. Exactly. Dick Ebersol will be involved. It'll be great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Vince, you got to make this shit look better. It looks like dirt. <laughs> yeah, Remember? It did. It did. The first few were like, what the? F- it, what am I watching on like TV? Somebody puked on it. <laughs> It had like a film over the over the film. Yeah, a film over the film. He's like, you got to turn the lights on more, Vince. You gotta- that kind of film. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. film. Anyway, sorry for the abbreviated feud here, but it really isn't that much of a thing because in '86 it's just like Andre shows up to WrestleMania two. Ah, oh, battle royale, I win, and then he's gone. Then he's a machine, allegedly. I don't know. If that's- he, I don't know. Don't I don't know. think he did that. We don't. <laughs> I we thought he was just gone. He was, just he was gone. so sad about his hair or whatever. And Princess Bride, he had to film it. Yeah. Fred Savage. Mm-hmm. So anyway, we get to um the fall of 86, or December, I think. Mm-hmm. He's back. Bobby Heenan mysteriously was at the hearing to bring him back, but Andre wasn't there. Right. But you figure, well, Bobby doesn't want him back. So no. of course, Bobby's you at the hearing. You figure Bobby's fighting to have him not. <laughs> yes. That's, that's the thought, right? I like that touch, yeah. by the way. That's a good touch. The whole time you're thinking, well, Bobby the Brain, he's a piece of shit. Yeah. He's probably like, at, he's probably yelling at Tunney at the hearing or right. whatever. It was December of 86. They they let it burn a little bit. Yeah. Then in early 87, January, February, we know the story, you know, Andre is on uh, Piper's pit. He is. Well, Hogan was first, right? He gets a trophy for being champion for three years. Three years is a long time to be the champion. Three years to be a champion. It's a long time. Andre gets a smaller trophy than Hogan for being undefeated for 15 years, I think they called it. Yeah. Which is definitely true. Does it, uh, why does it never matter lost. so much to these people how big the trophy is? I never could understand that. I, same thing as how big your own, you know, pants trophy I, But I, a trophy's a trophy. It's just... You uh, would think if it gets a job done, Michael. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. It could be the tiniest trophy. It still says, like, you're good on it or whatever. Like, what's the big deal? <laughs> Someone want to get Quinn a trophy that says you're good. Yeah. That'd be amazing. You could just leave it, it over there. Anything. It doesn't even yeah. say my name on it. No, just says just, you're, you're good. And it'll be always be in the frame. It'll be like you're slammy. You could yeah. be like Owen Hart about it. I've got one you're good award. <laughs> Whatever. Be amazing. Anyway. Okay. Back to the wrestling. Talk. It's the end of the year, folks. You know, bear yeah. with us here. So Andre obviously shows up the one week. You know, Jesse Vidar, can you produce Hogan? That yeah, whole thing, yeah. right? You damn bitch. Anyway. Andre shows up. I'm talking to you. You know, I'm having a long wheeze on. I challenge you for Whistlemania, right? Right, the Hustlemania. Yeah, the Whistlemania. And we know, Andre, we're friends. Then the match happens, and in the lead up to the match, Andre's a, a, like a silent dill hole, and Bobby does all his talking for him, which is kind of cool. Here's the thing: this match, even though like this feud is kind of like kind of thrown together, the the usual Hogan gets annoyed in February thing. Yeah, that's true. You're For whatever right, reason, right. like this left an impact on people a lot more than most of these feuds because Andre the Giant, it's kind of like it's the to me it's like the Hulk Hogan turning heel effect later on. It, it's the idea that like Andre was a face for so long that I think it really True. shocked people True. when he Let me when I'm talking to you. <laughs> and like he got all like pushy and you're like Wait a sec, what? Andre, his hair's short and he's mean and what's going on here? And he's got Bobby with him too. Bobby the Brain Heenan and he rips his cross off and all this stuff. Like, what the fuck? This isn't isn't like cuddly giant that I'm used to. I think that really like, that made people take notice, right? That's a great point. Like, this feud mattered. 
And the Hulker had beaten everybody, but he had never beaten Andre in this canon anyway. Right? Yeah. I mean, actually, he never really beat I don't him. I think he beat him back in the day. Either. But they never faced each other according to this canon. Right. Remember? It never happened. No, 84 is when all this started. So right. it was a great match on paper. Obviously, it was a great match in practice as far as ticket sales. You can rate it with however many stars you want, and then you can put those stars somewhere very special. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't really matter to me how many stars you give this match because. It doesn't it, matter. The people were there. That's what made it a success. Exactly. The people were already there to see it. They didn't know how good it would be. They mm-hmm. wanted to see who would win. I don't even think people cared about the wrestling. They just want to know the outcome. <laughs> They're right. Like, they, like, they wanted to be there for it. Right. They wanted to be there to see if, like, wow, I could say I was, like, there when Hulk Hogan beat Andre the Giant. Or Correct. When Andre the Giant beat Hulk Hogan. Yeah. He was also other. undefeated as far as they said. guaranteed a good result. Absolutely. It was a big deal. Now, the feud lies dormant after WrestleMania 3, right? But there is a there is a, a little thing that keeps it going that we must mention. What is that, Mike? That oh, it's the, during the match. Yeah, of course. Andre the Giant yes. um, is about to get slammed. But In the very he, like, beginning. He, like, falls on Hulk Hogan, and the count is, like, really close. Morella just stops himself from counting Morella three. Morella just stops himself, right? And this becomes the whole crux of, like, the rest of the, the, the second half of the feud, yes. if you will. So when Andre's off screen for quite a while, right, in 87... We're leading up to Survivor Series, and it's going to be the big confrontation for the first time since WrestleMania 3. Hogan and Andre are going to be on opposing teams, and they are. Fun match, by the way. That's actually a fun main event. Andre right. wins. Remember, Hogan like forgets that there's countouts or something because yeah. he's an idiot, and yeah. he's like, that's the first sign of like cheaty Hogan, mm. where he's like, no, what do you mean I got counted out? What do you mean I lost? Yeah. I don't lose. It's like, like the first sign of that. <sighs> Where you're like, dude, the rules. Now, in the build-up to this, also, I seem to remember Bobby the Heenan making the big deal about, oh, yeah. about like, the, 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 the pin. He really pinned him. He oh, yeah. Pinned, he, like, this is bullshit. You oh, know? yeah. No, like, no, no, no. That starts to that, right? Yeah. And then they basically can't pin and have Andre get a rematch, right? He pokes into the Bundy-Hogan match in Saturday Night's main event mm-hmm. uh, in January. And then we get to, of course, the main event, February of 88, for the first time since WrestleMania 3, one-on-one. Or the title. For the title, world champion Hulk Hogan, challenger Andre, but Quinn, Ted DiBiase has arrived on the scene so by this Ted, point. Ted DiBiase is involved, so the whole thing with this is that it's like the little extra push, right, behind it, which is weird because most of it was just Andre the Giant is pissed that the, that fucking pinned encounter or whatever, right? Yeah, That's right. Like most of the feud. He's like, I bet you! And then DiBiase shows up out of nowhere and he like fucking capitalizes on this shit. He's like, well, Andre, you know, like... He obviously can beat Hulk Hogan because he did. And I want to buy it and he won't sell it to me. But Andre the Giant will sell it to me because Bobby the Heenan is... Bobby the the Heenan. Bobby the Brain Heenan, sorry. Bobby the Heenan. Bobby the Heenan is involved. So that's the deal, right? Yes. Is the million dollar man, of course, with his stupid grubby fingers all over every single (laughs) thing that's always going on in the background. Wants that belt, man. Yeah. He wants that belt. And so he's going to have Andre be his proxy, essentially, is the idea, right? Exactly. And this... TV show where they fight on the main event. 33 million folks watch this one. It's like the one. highest rated thing ever or something. It's the highest rated wrestling thing in quite in the US, I think. That's, yes. That's, it's, it's still, still very like, impressive. It, doesn't it like actually like approach not the highest rated thing ever, but like very well known highest rated things? I don't, truthfully I don't know. If I recall. I mean, like, se- season finales usually get about double that, you know, of big sitcoms. It's yeah. like 60 something million. And, it's crazy though. Like, but it's, a, it's high. Let, let's just put it this way. It's not a normal wrestling thing. So, what I love about that number, Joe, uh-huh. is that 
man, people realize they missed something if they didn't order that pay-per-view. Yeah, right? that's like, the that's thing, like, right? That is like, that's what that says to These me. These are people that don't watch wrestling watch this. You know what I'm like, saying? I've heard, I heard a story on one podcast about how like he was young, this guy was younger and he remembers his dad, you know, he used to go to bowling or bar or something and that he remembers like his dad and like everyone was like watching like, yeah that this was like on tv across it was a big the country deal, like, man. it was like a big thing i, I never, thought that was a great story i never got a chance to ask him but for all i know my dad watched this and he didn't yeah. watch wrestling you know what i mean i don't know i, I, I don't know why everyone was watching that. this shit but like they were it was just one of those things right like yeah. an evil knievel event or something like that where it's just like you don't care at all but because it's been promoted there's a buzz you just watch it right yeah it seemed I like think everyone that's what it is saw this shit yeah right right, yeah. right. so anyway we know what happens there, but we'll just briefly recap it. In one of Vince's best story, like seriously best things they've ever done, there's an evil referee that's like an evil twin. <laughs> obviously, it's Earl Hebner, who counts a three on Hogan, who clearly kicked out at one. On top of it. He's on it. One. We get a two. That's it. We got him. He got him. He got him. No, he didn't. The referee counted three. We've got a new world champion. No, we don't either. Andre wins. That's a nice touch, by the way, that, that Hogan that was like a one count. Yeah, it's not even close, right? Yeah. yeah. Hogan's like very deliberately like one. It's, it's not like a two count, so you can right. question it. It's right. like, no, no, no. It was like very clearly one. Very well done, right? Andre's a new champion. He's had the belt 12 seconds before Gene's like, oh, what happened? He's like, I saw that. The top team chomping up. The yeah, top team it all wrong. Yeah. This is no surprise. I told you I was going to win the World Titan Championship. And now I surrender the World Titan Championship to Paul Tibiasi. amazing but there's no takes here because it's live pal <laughs> right right and as you once said uh ted dibiase puts the belt over his suit and looks like a butthole yeah right mm, very well, butthole and he like cackles endlessly <laughs> yeah. and like virgil's just like money it's like in the background like it's they look like a fucking video game it's amazing like, they're, they're so fucking evil and like hogan like chases them yeah. out hogan throws the evil ref over uh dibiase's head dude remember? i still can't he launches earl man man you know, you give Earl like a lot of gruff or whatever, but that is a bump. Right? That's, That's a, a bump. bump and a half yeah. right there. He like chucks him. Yeah, he chucks him. Now the feud um goes on throughout the rest of '88, and we'll just briefly wind it down. So WrestleMania four happens because of this whole thing. Tony vacates the belt, right? We know that. And the big deal is like Hogan and Andre; they were the last two champions, so they're going to get a bye to the semifinals. Also, that in real life lets you promote somewhat of a main event. Also you know makes what I mean? This crappy tournament yeah. shorter. <laughs> like, you, <laughs> yeah, and it gives you Hogan Andre on the box art yeah. and stuff. It's I, like, okay, they're gonna fight again yeah, for sure. I, there's that. Yeah, I, I just love if, if you look back to that tournament. There's all sorts of ways they shorten it. Oh, and that's one of them. stuff. Yeah. yeah, they know. Yeah, and even as they, even as it is, the show is three forty, three forty-five. You know Not what I mean? Four hours, even though it's that's cr- what it was promoted. It's crazy long. It's WrestleMania four. It's got to be four <laughs> right. hours. Not really. And this version of Hogan Andre is like four minutes. If you had the Coliseum version, you have to switch tapes in the middle of the match. <laughs> oh, he's a great. <laughs> what think, the hell is that? Didn't we have a theory when we did our review that it's to make sure people watch both tapes? It might be. <laughs> because yeah. if the match finishes on tape one and they're like, well, I don't care anymore. Yeah. So no one will watch tape yeah. two. Because <laughs> they might miss the Macho right. Man otherwise. But if they have if they have the middle of the other match on tape two and then they're like, oh, shit, they're like, eh, what, what else is going on yep. on this? They might not take it out of their tape machine. That's our theory anyway. Yeah. Uh, anyway, it ends in a double DQ, even though Hogan should have been DQ'd first because he used a chair first. Jesse Ventura rightfully points it out. 
Nevertheless, Andre uh, and Hogan both eliminated. Savage wins the title. We get to the Mega Powers thing. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, no. There's right, still there a, is a little it, before that. Yeah. WrestleFest. Yes, there's still WrestleFest. Don't forget that's Wrestle, the, the, the secret. That's the big last one-on-one between uh-huh. Hogan and Andre. It's in a cage. We saw that. We reviewed that. It's really not that bad. No, it's not. You would think it'd be like hideous, but it's good. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Because they, they're not farting around outside or anything. Right. It's just thing. Decent brawl. Man, I'm talking to you <laughs> in a cage or whatever. It's that's, that's all it is. And then the Mega Powers met the Mega Bucks. That's part of the Hogan-Andre feud. Right. And then by the end of 88, they're trying to transition it to like the boss man Hogan. So like... By that point, the feud is pretty much over. It's over, right? Yeah. yeah okay. It's, like, it's legacy. Yeah. It's just like a legacy feud. It's like... It's basically by that point, it's like, remember that time Hulk Hogan beat Andre the Giant? Right, right. Like, that's like... It's already like a, man, a memory. And then in December, John Studd comes back just in time to feud with Andre. So perfect. Good. Yeah. <laughs> just just, just got to resume that shit. I'm still taller than you. I can't <laughs> believe how long that goes. Like, I can't believe it. It extends into 89. The fact that they do, Andre essentially takes a break with Hulk Hogan yeah. for, like, a couple years. Right. And then he just Amazing. Re- resumes his big John Studd thing. It's real. Now, apparently, and I've never seen any of this, but Hogan and Andre were on opposing sides in March of 1990. What? Yeah, this is real. Uh, where Hogan and the boss man took on the colossal connection in a non-title match. Now, I don't think this is televised. I've never seen There's it. There's no way that was on yeah, TV. No, yeah. no. The but colostomy anyway. connection. Yeah. Both of those guys are way better than Haku, so it's kind of an unfair You mean match. in kayfabe better? Yeah, in yeah, kayfabe, Like yeah. rankings yeah. kayfabe. Yeah, in yeah. like the tiers of yeah. wrestlers. Haku wasn't a big player there. Yeah. Uh, anyway, that's the Hogan-Andre feud, uh, the hottest stretch of which is obviously from WrestleMania 3 until WrestleMania 4-ish. but. Yes. Good stuff. We'll see where it ranks. But Quinn, if you're ready now to find out who drew number six, we can ask the fans to count us down. Sure. Let's find out who drew number six. Steamboat, let me go on record as telling the whole world you are the greatest wrestler on the face of this earth. Well, Quinn, it is our first NWA feud. Uh, It's Flair Steamboat. NWA. NWA. Now, this feud, yeah. the people really like this feud a lot. It's it's a pretty basic feud, right? In a good way, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not surprised it made it, by the way, because mm-hmm. obviously the matches in 89 and stuff. But matches. Five-star match and six-star match. It stretches way back before 89. Really, these guys, Flair and Steamboat. Flair's a little bit older, about five years older than Ricky Steamboat, but Flair had already been on the scene for several years in a bunch of different promotions, but we're talking mid-Atlantic here, you know, the right. Crockett promotion in the late 70s, 77-ish. He'd already been, he was becoming the Ric Flair we all know and love, right? He right. was already pretty much that, but not world champion version, more mm-hmm. of like a TV champion era. Very, very TV. A lot of TV. Because I know that I've got thousands of fans out there that eat, drink, think, and sleep. Nature boy Ric Flair, that can't get enough of me. And this newcomer, Ricky Steamboat, comes in, mustache, Longer hair. Remember that era of him? Oh, like, yeah. The that 70s version. <laughs> That's <laughs> the one I try not to remember. Yeah. <laughs> he looks too different. He looks very different. And they have their first feud, which is actually for the uh, Mid-Atlantic TV title, which had been held by Flair and Steamboat defeated them for it in 77. Flair won it back. They had it back and forth. This feud goes far back, huh? 77. All, all through 77, they had a, a series of matches. And even back then, what they had been kind of a, uh, establishing was Steamboat was this clean-cut, 
nice guy. Wasn't a family man yet because, you know, he never was a kid yet. He didn't have a family yet. It was like 10 years later. But was he even married to Bonnie? To, I don't know. Or whatever. But he was the nice guy. He was a young rookie, right? And Flair was this, also young, by the way. Neither man was 30. Right. Uh, but Flair was, you know, the robes and all that. He was already doing that, you mm-hmm. know, was the more extravagant lifestyle. But the one constant was that they both respected each other's wrestling ability. They did. And that spilled into the U.S. title as well. So we had done the TV, and then we go into the U.S. title. And that feud continues into 78. And then we have a a situation where Valentine and Flair are the NWA tag champions. And they're the same thing. Yeah, I know. What the hell? And they are defending uh, a lot against Steamboat and his partner, Wahoo McDaniel, and then later on, Paul Jones. Right, Ric Flair's favorite person, Wahoo McDaniel, by the way. (laughs) Yes. Okay, so that's their late 70s feud. And that continues, like I said, all throughout the end of the 70s. Into 79, they're still feuding over the U.S. title. No, it's it's a long one. And then we get into Ric Flair uh, world champion, right? We know that that happens in 81. Right. Correct, he wins his first world title. From Dusty. From Dusty, correct. And he defends that against young Ricky Steamboat in 82. Now, obviously, Steamboat doesn't win it from him, right? He defends it against Steamboat into 83. He defends it against Steamboat in 84. This is going on a while. Right. But, I mean, we're talking stuff where it's just like... This is setting a foundation. Every couple months, it's like, oh, we'll run this on the house show loop. Correct. You know? It's a good program. These guys work awesome together. They have a lot of time limit draws. Right. That's mainly the finish of these. So, it's my understanding that a lot of the untelevised stuff, and I've heard Ric Flair say this before... They would just go an hour like every night during this yeah, time period. Like you're absolutely it was just right, like, It was just like whatever. Just this is what we're gonna do. Like it's nothing on, on the loop, which is crazy. Yeah, I, mean, I really I mean, admire that. The, like we said before, Ric Flair's known to party, and Steamboat was a real athlete and stuff. But I mean, the fact that those two could do oh, that it's crazy, kind of crap man. every single night is obscene. It's, it's very obscene. Yeah. So their last match that they have before Steamboat goes over to the World Wrestling Federation is an early '85. Flair wins it. It's actually in Philly, which mm-hmm. is kind of cool. They yeah. Coming up in Philly. They also wrestled in Meadowlands. I mean, th- these guys went all around. And then, obviously, Steamboat has his run in WWF. Has the little dragon, as we all know, the power lifter. Yes, right? the power lifter. <laughs> Cheeks um, fatter than Bundy. He, he he gets an actual kimono dragon. Yes. There's a lot of things happen during this run. He fights the Macho Man. Absolutely. So he comes back at an accomplished man. He won the yep. Arcanal belt once. Big surprise return in January of 89. I don't believe what we're seeing here. Geometric Steamboat. It's the dragon. Ricky the Dragon Steamboat will be the partner of Hot Stuff Eddie Gilbert in this main event. Guess what? He's going right after his old rival, Ric Flair. And this is why the 89 stuff is so good. And this is where I want to focus in on now. Right. We just gave you the foundation for like, this is 89, okay? Yes. January of 89. For 12 years, these guys had had an on and off right. rivalry. That's Na- awesome. National Wrestling Alliance fans were very excited. Yes. They, they knew about this feud, right? So they, made, yeah. They knew about this feud. And it, now that like both are come back, Ricky Steamboat now has had the WF Intercontinental belt. So now he's kind of like accomplished, right? So he had more accomplishments under his belt there. Yeah. Right. No and then Ric Flair, meanwhile, was just killing it as four far horsemen, as the four horsemen. World champion. World champion like a zillion times yep. by this point. What is it? Like he's at like six or Probably some a lot. shit yeah. like at this point. And then, so, so now it's like they're they're not at the end of their careers, but they're at like the prime. This is the prime, right? The and, prime, baby. And Flair's 40 and he's like in his prime. That's real. Yeah. Like his prime really was probably like 80 three to like 90 89 yeah, maybe 89 exactly something um, like that something like that 
so here's the great thing. Maybe you were an NWA Mid-Atlantic fan and you remember the 77 feud. Maybe you don't, but maybe you remember the early 80s stuff. Like this, there's 12 years of history well, here. I can tell you one thing. That means JR can just, yeah, they wrestled 500 times. He does too. It's yes. such a great feud. Blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, like, so yes. you have JR, <laughs> young JR. They're yeah. they a little more high pitched to tell you how much these guys have wrestled and how this is so important. Blah, blah, yeah, blah. pretty much. And this kicks off, Quinn, as we all know, the trilogy, the famed trilogy of Flair Steamboat matches. So mm-hmm. the first one of which is February. It's at Chi-Town Rumble. And that is where Rick Steamboat defeats Rick Flair to yep. win the title. Now, Crazy. I guess it's not too crazy only because Ric Flair is known to drop the title all the time. No, 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 it is. Yeah, but at the same time, it's like we He's haven't just seen Rick returned. Steamboat yeah. beat Ric Flair like in a major right. stage ever. No, I've seen this trilogy. It's been years, so forgive me. I like all of them. I think they are all they are very, very good, good yeah. wrestling matches. I do like them. But they are an acquired taste if this is not your normal cup of tea. Right, there. That's if, all. If you are a wrestling fan that's used to the World Federation at this time, yes. I don't think this like appealed to that um, audience that much. That it, was it, raised on WWF. No, they were like, "Why is this so long?" Right, like you know what I mean. Like, honestly, <laughs> no, no, no. Truthfully, because like, uh, thirty like, some minutes, mostly, yeah, twenty something, thirty. The we had one version of that in WWF. Uh, Steamboat Savage. That was right. like our one match, and, and that, that was, was only fifteen minutes. Yeah, or it was something. only fifteen minutes, and it wasn't as much of a slow burn as these Flair Steamboat. But I'm not taking anything away from that. Mm-hmm. I understand that that's wrestling. It's good wrestling. This isn't about the match. It's about the feud, right? It's about the feud, though. So anyway, Steamboat wins it. And then they have another matchup. And this is a, another very well-regarded one from Clash of the Champions, right? Remember the Raging Cajun one or whatever mm-hmm. it is from April? It's actually the day of WrestleMania five. Right. A little counter-programming there, there on Crockett's go. part, right? I mean, they, they were <laughs> tit for tat back then, right? Yeah, and Steamboat crawls away with the title there. 55-minute matchup, mm. two out of three falls. And then uh, we flares like I got to beat him. Right. right. And we have the final of the famous trilogy anyway, uh, which would be Wrestle War 89 Music City Showdown. That's May. So this is only a three month little feud here. Mm-hmm. And guess what? Flair wins it back. And then he goes on to the Terry yeah. Funk feud, if you recall. Yeah. And as far as this feud is concerned, it, 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 this is like these three these three matches. This is when they really emphasize the I'm a family man. Like, and yes. I'm I'm a man that is partying all night like that, Correct, that's like though. the two guys fighting here right like rick flair comes out of the ring with 600 women yep, and, and the whole you know just decadence yeah decadence and rick steamboat comes out with his wife and child yeah the little dragon and then he we like, met back in wwe like very like calmly like <laughs> take the baby get out of here like you know it is I mean? though i mean it's that, like it's like completely different right this is really a tale as old as time if yeah. you really think about it you have the family man the hard-working man, right? It's yeah. Oroku Saki and Hamato Yoshi, if you really want to get technical. Okay. No, okay. I'm, Very I'm not, turtles. I'm not yeah. serious about that part. Yeah. Again, they built upon what they had done in 77, which was these two young upstarts. One was very brash and one was very kind, you know, Steamboat and Flair. Mm-hmm. And now more and more and more has been added to their legacies where Flair is now multi-time world champion. The horseman and the whole thing with the shoes. Yeah. You know, My shoes cost more than yeah. that. Yeah. And Steamboat has been building years of like, you know, I'm just a nice guy and right. you know, New Horizons and all that. Yep. He's, and that a, he's a nice man. And that's what their 89 feud was predicated on. But it doesn't end there. They have another feud in 94, very briefly. This is kind of like the, all right, 
so long, everybody. You know, this yeah. is like their last go around the '94 feud. The '94 feud, I like. This I like it. Also, it's on like Saturday night a lot. It's like, on Saturday night. Yes, yeah. <laughs> it's also on Spring Stampede. It headlines Spring That's Stampede. True. Oh yeah, Spring Stampede, which I, is a tremendous pay per view. Why is that pay per view so good? It's amazing. 1994 Spring Stampede specifically. I know you people don't hear me say this much about it's WCW. It's like Joe's favorite WCW paper. Fucking love it. I love most of 94 WCW and that's one of them. Yeah. And that's actually where they have a double pin there. Flair and Steam, but they hold the title up and they put it on Saturday night. That's where Flair like just wins outright. You know what I like this feud too is because it feels like the stakes are a little bit lower but at the same time it's like they're all like WCW's actively telling us like this is probably the last time you're going to see this. Essentially. So it's like it's kind of fun. And they're both in, face in that way and it's more competitive and it's not about I got to be the best wrestler. It's just like I just want to beat you one time. Like you know what I For mean? For old time's it, sake, let's like, do this. We're not talking about um you know, best wrestler in the world stakes. You yeah, know, they don't just, hate each other or anything. Yeah, it's just kind of like a, a friendly rival. It's more friendly. It's friendly. Yeah. Yep. And the last time this is just an interesting footnote which is why I mentioned it. That Flair and Steamboat, you know, documented meet in the ring is June 16th, 94 coin in a tag match. Check out this tag team. Steamboat and Sting mm-hmm. defeat Ric Flair and Steve Austin. Hmm. Interesting team, right? I feel like I've seen that match, actually. You may have. It was at a, a TV taping. Uh, it was on Pro uh, and main event two different times that did the match. So. WCW Pro. Pro. We got we got <laughs> matches over here. That's what I mean. Anyway. The, the, the fucking yeah, yeah. sideshows that care way too much about You're them. right about it, Quinn. So that's Flair Steamboat. Uh, I like it a lot. It's great because it's very easy. Nothing convoluted about Flair Steamboat. It is two guys named Rick who are both very good wrestlers. Fighting to be the best. Yep. Who have very different ethos in life, but they appreciate each other's wrestling ability. And they show the world in the 70s, in the 80s, and in the 90s that they are two of the best. I love it. I know Brian Morse, big friend of the uh, show and a big NWA fan. Big Flair fan is going to be wanting this to be number one. Uh, we'll see. I don't know about but that. I don't either. But let's anyway. Let's get to the rankings uh, again. Number one is Austin Brett. Two is Austin McMahon. Three is Brett Owen, and four is Austin Rock. Quinn Hogan, Andre. I want to say off the bat, and I think you're going to agree, it's better than Austin Rock. Yes, one hundred percent. And that's because of just everything about it, like yeah. the the money it drew, the magnitude, yeah. the main event, the yep. WrestleMania three, the, the the heel turn with Andre is what to me is the is the draw for most people. It's like it's like the NWO thing. Like yeah. it's, it's the same thing. It's like wow, I never thought that would happen. Yeah, you know, like any feud that does that always like ranks high up in my Absolutely. head. Absolutely, it's like a factor that's needed. Yeah. You know, I agree. No, it's very big. It's Just a very like big. How feud. the next one above Brett Owen? I never thought Owen would even beat Bret Hart in a match. Oh, true. That, yeah, like, you have to have this. I never thought this would happen. Factor. That's always good. Yeah, uh, Brett Owen's very good. It's got a lot of. It's relatable. It's a family thing. I think though that Hogan Andre is the. I mean, look. It is. It's better. Brett Owen yielded better wrestling matches, but it's not just about that. People really, really wanted to see. Um, Hulk Hogan faced this particular big fat guy. And more than once. Yeah. You know, more than once. Main event and uh, WrestleMania 3 and WrestleMania 4. So. They wanted Hogan to break that undefeated streak that allegedly existed, too. Yeah, but he, I mean, like, that was real. You I mean, know, we joke about that, but that was, like, actually a real stakes kind of thing. It was. There, you know? Now, again, for nuance, Brett Owens probably got it beat. Hogan Andre's basic, but it's not, it's not without its, like, intrigue. You know, it, it was Andre the Giant, like you said. I mean, if if there was like 33 million people willing to watch yeah. it live on TV. There's obviously some intrigue, huh? Yeah. And then this more story-ish parts got added with Ted DiBiase and all that. It's great. Yeah. 
And Andre had never been a heel, like you said, or at least not not in WWF. Anyway, I thought he did a good job. Actually, he did I thought a great he, job. He did. Um, you know, a lot of people like to give Hogan credit for turning heel and doing a good job at that. But Andre, you know, people forget because I think there's a lot of people that were only watching WWF when Andre right. was a heel. Right. Yeah. Like that, he had like never really been a heel ever. Not really. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. Uh, maybe in Japan or something. And for you to think of him as like this ultimate heel in the, the in the eighties, yeah, the like, number one bad guy. It's like that's weird. Ca- that's it's the same kind of thing, right? This is the friendly, like, hi, Cowie Midgets, you know it's, that it's, type it's, of guy. It's, 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 it's people like Andre and Hulk turning heel that make what made people for many years want John Cena to turn heel. Like yeah. it's, it's the same concept, and the right? Rock it's like too, yeah. it's like anybody who ever was a face for like a big long time, they want them to turn heel. Hey, they did it with Roman, and it worked. Yeah. Gotta give him credit there. They finally did it with him. There's something to that. There's something there to the idea of a long, 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 like decades long face run and then you become a heel. Even Brett, who had been a face for about nine years mm-hmm. when he turned heel, that was a, bit, a shocker too. Yeah, I, I really you know? do feel like, and look at look what the number one is right now. Brett turning heel, basically. Yeah, essentially, and Austin be turning face. Yeah. Um, okay, so Hogan Andre is going to go above Brett Owen, right? I mean, this yeah. is big. But does Hogan is Hogan Andre bigger than Austin McMahon or not? What do you think? That's a there? tough one. Because it is tough. You really could like. Here's the thing. I think if we're just looking box office and all that kind of it's stuff, Austin McMahon. It's Austin McMahon. I always have a problem with that when you're comparing something from the '80s to the '90s. Why is that? Because with time comes more people watching stuff because media is more pervasive over time, and it get, just gets more true. Yeah, so but your like, options become greater too, which what, means that people can go elsewhere. True, but you also have a bigger pool. You have a bigger pool. Uh, yes. So I think about Andre and Hogan in its time and the pool that it had to draw from, it drew the most, right? Because it's like a okay. decade difference. It's like a it long... Yeah, it's, it's, it's 10 years old. That, that, that's enough to say, okay, there's, there's a change here in how many people watch wrestling and how many people don't watch wrestling, right? And yeah. yeah, very good point. And yeah. they're both comparable feuds that kind of are emblematic of their eras, right? I mean, the Hogan yeah. Andre is the golden era, Austin McMahon is the attitude yeah. era. It's just, it's just there. It's a different time, right? So you can't. Yeah. It's hard to compare that whole box office right. draw aspect. They both did the most money they could possibly do in their time <laughs> period, right? Yeah, and their top face there sold a shit ton of merch too, right? Uh, Austin and Hogan, right? Yeah. The difference though is Austin McMahon. The thing about their feud is it's more of like, and we talked about this. It's more of a TV feud of two guys that hate each other. It's not really a wrestling feud. It's no. weird. You know, like they don't, they're not known for their matches. They had a couple where they met in the ring. Obviously, we talked about St. Valentine's Day Massacre. And right. then you love that ladder match at King of the Ring. I and- watched it by myself recently because <laughs> I just wanted to see. It's so stupid. Yeah. But that, and they're not known for matches. It's more of like McMahon has a proxy. And even that's only like a couple of times. It's like, here's Dude Love, like twice. And that was really it. Right. Um, Hogan Andre, though, I mean, these guys met in the ring at WrestleMania fucking three and main evented it. Yeah. WrestleMania four, the main event, and WrestleFest. They, they even did the thing in that Mega feud, Bucks. too. What's interesting is that it that feud um, drew in other people just like Austin McMahon did. Like it drew, like the Macho Man technically yep. got sucked into and it. And DBS. DBS, yeah. If nothing else, those guys. <laughs> Austin McMahon was like a week to week back and forth like we said a cat and mouse a cops and robbers type of thing it was very yeah. like tit for tat Hogan Andre was just a, a handful of big moments and not a lot of you know very generic promos because it's 1987 1988 so right. wh- where are we putting what Quinn what are you thinking here I 
It's tough. Mm. I know. I it do think yeah. that Andre Hogan edges it out just a little bit. I don't know if I do. You don't? I don't know. Cause it, I don't know if I do. The one thing with Austin McMahon is there's so many moments, but there's not one defining moment. The stunner that kicks off an MSG. And yeah. what else? That's it. The rest is just the week-to-week stuff. I think that Austin McMahon, but, though, is very enduring. Andre and Hogan does have very huge freaking things, like the standoff. Like, that's, like, they replay that on everything. It's, like, one of the greatest moments ever. That's like, me, three. Maybe. The standoff. Yeah. And also, it's two big moments, or two of the biggest moments in WWF. The, the, the like, head-to-head standoff at WrestleMania three in front of that gigantic crowd. And the fucking, like, largest drawing TV thing that WWF ever did. Even Austin McMahon didn't pull that off, and that was a TV feud. True, although Austin McMahon turned the ratings around. They did. was very instrumental in oh doing so. Yeah, it was. You You're know? absolutely so, right. So that's what I'm saying. Like Austin McMahon is part of what reinvigorated the interest in the WWF. However, Austin McMahon is more of it's more of a concept than a true feud. All I mean, and all I mean by that is, yes, they hated each other, yeah. and they played it on TV, but there was never a big blow off. No, whereas Hogan Andre did have the blow off, and they had the WrestleMania three. I don't. It's very, very hard. Very I think hard. Hogan Andre had bigger moments. Ulti- I don't know. Ultimately, yeah, ultimately, I guess. If I look at Andre and Hogan, it's yeah. timeless. But if I look at Austin McMahon, I think it's of its time. I think that's the difference. Like, you know what I mean? Because it's like kind of. Austin McMahon are more gray areas. Some people might say like, man, that's really fucked up that he like put fucking cement in his car or like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like I'm just like, <laughs> I'm just saying like, it's not like Austin is like a good guy or anything. He's like, he, yeah, he, I know he's not nice. Like the, the difference between those two feuds is it's not good versus evil. It's like this really fucking horrible asshole like driving this mild-mannered businessman to go crazy and make him evil that's like, one that, interpretation that, that's of it like, yeah that, that's basically what it is though right it's like because austin at the beginning even when it started austin was a heel he was like a piece of shit to he vince. wasn't nice ever and he drove yeah. vince off the fucking cliff right he just went crazy but i think you're describing what makes this feud so good no i'm not saying so that's nuanced. bad i'm just saying that i'm i'm just saying as far as like timeless feuds it's like Andre is bad. Hogan is good, period. Yeah, I know that, but that's also more simple. Right. I think think that's what makes that feud, like, it's more timeless and just better in that sense. I don't think I can put it above Austin McMahon. I think it has to hold Mm. number three. Austin McMahon's the incumbent. It's the only reason. Fine. If Hogan Andre got there first, we might, you know what I'm saying? If we have any Hogan Andre people out there, just remember that Quinn tried. Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, I, I like the 80s better I, than I like the Attitude Era. To I'd me, it's, be happy like a, to, it's like a coin toss yeah. at this one. I don't know. I'd be happy to put it above it, but I just can't find... I know it did the main event. I know that. I rest so many... Th- but Austin McMahon... You know what? No, yeah, fuck yeah, it. Yeah. You're right, Quinn. Thank you. The WrestleMania 3 and Austin, and uh, and the main event are good enough for me. Yeah. I don't care if the matches. No. You're yeah. right. You're right. It's timeless, man. There's... Yeah, There's it's good. It's good. Number two, Hogan Andre. Okay. I can do it. Okay, fine. I don't care. I, I don't think it's better listen. than Austin Brett. I'm not even going um, to go there. Austin Brett. No, because Austin Brett had everything. It's so It amazing. has everything like it, you need in a wrestling it, it, feud. I, I love that it, hold, it sucks in the entire company. It's ridiculous. It's got five-star matches or whatever you want to fucking rate them. Yeah. It's got really good matches, more than one. 
It's got intense promos. It's got believability. It's got nuance. It brings in other people. It's like Hogan Andre doesn't have a really good match. No. Austin McMahon doesn't barely have a match. You know, so there's yeah. reasons why that this has a match to blow it all off, really. And yes, I don't know. It's it, to me the more important thing about Austin and Brett is that it just turns the whole company yes. upside down. Like because it's just it's there's so much anger. And like, if it wasn't, every, people are choosing sides right, and right. all this. And if it wasn't for Austin Brett. There couldn't have been an Austin McMahon because right. who would have cared about Austin? Austin Brett is the reason people cared enough about Steve Austin that he even could feud with McMahon. So you right. need Austin that's Brett true. to even have an Austin McMahon. Okay. okay. So that's going to set that. But we now, got we got, this. now we got to bring in the wrestlers feud here. This is for the wrestling. Yeah, this is big time for wrestling. Legit. Yeah. Not even like us joking. No, this no, no. This is like legitimately a wrestling feud. This is a feud. wrestling feud. I mean, this is like. Trying to think of like a professional sports rivalry, kind of like a Yankees Red Sox, kind of you know that type of ethos, or kind of like a Celtics Lakers type I was just of deal. Say Celtics Lakers, it feels like that because yeah. it's of the same, yeah, it's of, time. of the same era, right? Yeah, I think it's better than Austin Rock for various reasons. Yeah, I think it's got Austin Rock is very much a well. Here's, here's your top two guys have well, you fight. Okay, so here's the thing though. What Austin Rock is actually the most comparable to this feud if you think about it. It's your top two guys. Yeah, but they're yes and no. They're their top two guys, but Steamboat was never really like he was always the underneath guy. He was That's always true. like, "I'm trying. I'm humble." But you know, way, I'm saying the way they presented the the Steamboat Flair feud was that it was like an Austin Rock. It was like it was kind of like NWA's like Macho versus Hulk Hogan, right? It was like, yeah, but it predated all that shit, Quinn. I mean, you know what I mean? It did. I know. No, I know it predated it, but I'm saying when all we got, when we got to '89. Right when we got to like where the feud is remembered for, it was essentially a here's the top wrestlers in the world fight. Like, I guess that that, that was how it was. Pre- Some feuds are presented as like these two hate each other. Some feuds are pre- presented as right, right. these are the two best wrestlers, and, and they is, have a history though. Yeah, was, this is the two best wrestlers feud. The good thing about Flair Steamboat is they have such a complex history. They have the TV title feud from the seventies. They have the U.S. title feud yeah. from the seventies. No, I'm not saying they have the tag title I'm feud. Saying it's better than Austin Rock. But Absolutely. I want to set some ground rules I with like what it is before we keep going higher. Okay, it's better okay. than Austin Rock though. There's yeah. no way around that. It just is. Austin right. Rock is fine. I don't even think it's that good. It's just like it's Austin Rock. Great. It's it's a. It's okay. Like we always. I think that. And I think we've said this. It's one of those feuds that's just natural and you need it. Right? Austin it's, Rock, yeah. Yeah, it's just like one of those kind of things. Flair Steamboat has those three matches. They also have all the crap they did before that, but they have those three and they have the 94 stuff. My only problem with this feud is it's not as complex as no. some other feuds. It's it's flat in the sense that Hogan Andre is. It, it doesn't have many dimensions to it. No, it's yeah. Flair is Ric Flair. Yeah. Rick Steamboat is like the inverse, like kind inverse version of him. Rick. Yeah, the other Rick. Yeah. And they respect each other's wrestling abilities, but Flair kind of looks down upon Steamboat's lifestyle. I, d- I agree with you And there. Steamboat yeah. thinks that Ric Flair's shitty. Yeah. For the way he lives. So it's that, like... That's exactly it. Now, Brett Owen is a, a sibling rivalry, so mm-hmm. it's a different story entirely. Mm-hmm. It yields the WrestleMania 10 match, a SummerSlam match that people have mixed feelings. What do you think of the cage match, yeah. Brett Owen? I know. It's like it's not my favorite match no. of all time. I like the. But here's the thing with Brett Owen is that it, it just keeps going and it like dovetails. Yeah, I know. It dovetails into the Austin Brett. <laughs> it, does, like, it does. Somehow. It does. But I think that you have to give the edge to Flair Steamboat, right? Above yeah, Brett it's, Owen. It's, uh, Brett Owen's like. It's as great. much as I love the first match, it be, kind of becomes more of a sub feud yeah. post the first match. Right after 
Well, pretty much right after SummerSlam. Yeah. It's not even that long, right? Yeah. So it's like WrestleMania 10, ah, I'm going to beat Brett, and then SummerSlam, and then it's like no it's one cares. It's kind of a persisting, like, it exists. It's there, but like Brett's feuding with Anvil. Yeah. And then Backland. <laughs> yeah. All sorts of stupid Chicken people. wing. Yeah. It's just, yeah. So it's it's kind of over after SummerSlam. Okay. So. Exactly. Now, Flair, Steamboat, and Austin McMahon are two totally different types of feuds, mm-hmm. right? So, like, Austin McMahon is attitude era, week to week, money. It's short. Flair Steamboat is like, listen, we got 17 years worth of history here by the time they yep. hit 94. It's about the wrestling, damn it. Holds. Yeah. <laughs> Double chicken wings, but Quinn. If I'm, if I'm just talking about... Arm bars. If I'm just talking about feuds No, here, side though, headlocks. I think that... Short arm scissors. <sighs> Broadways. Is it better than Austin McMahon, though? I mean, uh, in the ring, yeah. Well, of but course, is that it the is. only criterion? The, 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 that's the thing is, this feud's crutch is that it's good wrestling, right? But outside of it, it's a pretty like we keep saying it's a flat feud. Flair's got great promos around it though, too. In any decade, well, Ric Flair always has great promos. Right. I mean, Ric right. Flair's Ric Flair, but he's working with somebody who maybe doesn't have the greatest promos ever. But I, I, no, Steamboat's very I hope serviceable. That's not a controver- but I don't no. want that to be a controversial opinion. It's just I don't think he's, he's like, serviceable. He's not Stone Cold Steve Austin or anything. It's not like, even Owen Hart. In yeah. my opinion, I think yeah. Owen Hart's a better promo. Like, I, I, and that's not to say I love Ricky. Steamboat. No, me too. One and of Ricky's, my favorites. I okay. great wrestler. What I think is interesting about this feud is, and I've seen a bunch of different promos from it at this point, but I've never seen the passion from Ricky Steamboat that I saw in the Macho Man Ricky Steamboat feud. Um, I, I think I probably have in their '89 stuff. Hmm. It's similar. Is but it's it? a different reason that he's fighting Flair than he was fighting Savage. You know what I right, mean? Yeah. It's a different thing. There was That was an injury angle. This is not. Right. This is a, I want to be as good as you or better than you type of deal. And also, fuck your women. And, and f- your women. Your I don't, don't want to fuck your women. I'm saying no. just fuck your women. Yeah, just <laughs> you fuck them. Yeah. I'm not doing it. Right, anyway, exactly. hi. This is a family show. Yeah. So, Austin McMahon, though, is not about wrestling. And if you're looking for that, you're a moron. You're in the wrong place. <laughs> Sorry, I don't mean yeah. to be mean, but like that's not the point of it. You know what though? Awesome McMahon, what only holds up with that is some of the stuff. If we're really being honest, the ninety seven build holds up well. The into ninety eight stuff holds up well. But mm-hmm. I mean, what are you just gonna watch Vince pee his pants for years to come? Like we get it. Ha ha ha. It's but hilarious though. It's funny. Okay, fine. We get elevated above Well. It- you're right, because like it's it's it does have the Hogan Andre thing of like it's more timeless. Flair Steamboat. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, how well, many times are you gonna watch this way? It didn't draw as much money as Austin McMahon. That's that's always the problem with Austin McMahon. It's it's, it's like straddling this line of like, and is people, it a good is it a good feud or does it just go on for a long time and it like drew a lot of money? But it didn't even. Yeah, I know, but it's not. It is good. Don't get me wrong. But I think WWE WWE says it's really good, and that's part of the problem. Right. The way they say Triple H is really good. Here's the thing about that feud is that I feel like like it goes past its expiration date, right? Like it really its best parts are like ninety seven and ninety eight. I feel like the end at the end of Survivor Series ninety eight, it could have just ended yeah but it doesn't it, it like it's just over and like, then they drag it back into like oh one and then they, you know what i mean yeah there's not a good match between austin mcmahon there is it's not really i mean <laughs> to be fair there couldn't be like it's no, not i know that vince is not a wrestler no yeah no but that's part of the reason why i yeah. think it's a great feud and to, to they make a lot out of nothing let's yeah. put it that way and i think that's why it's as high as it is i personally really like flair steamboat no spoilers but if something else makes it there's another flair feud that i like 
better than Flare Steamboat, and it involves a similar dichotomy of interests. Yes. There's something I like even more than Flare Steamboat. You know I, what I mean? I don't even know if that makes the list. I don't either. No, I don't know. We, I, we're not going to, but <sighs> you're right. They made a lot out of nothing with Austin McMahon. Great promo yeah. and character. Let's, let's be fair. McMahon's character work is amazing. He is really good. And so is Austin's, right? It's one of those things oh! where you didn't know Vince had it in him. Like you right, thought maybe this, that. Is, maybe this is stuff in Vince's like imagination all these years, but I don't think he can actually like perform it, right? But he could. But it that was incredible. It was like really seeing Vince out there was like it always made it apparent to me, and this is just a side note, that Vince was definitely the kind of businessman that if someone can't do it for you, go out there and do it yourself. Yep. Like and Vince McMahon proved it with this yep. is that if my company needs to survive and the feuds with my wrestlers are not cutting, I'm just going to have to go out there and push, basically. Yep. Like, I'm going to have to do it myself. And it also really defines the um, the attitude that, you know, I wouldn't ask anyone to do something I wouldn't do myself, right, which was Vince was thing. known for. It um, did good things for Vince as just a, a person in general. It did. Like, like it, it showed that he was willing to get his fucking ass whooped and, like, yep. take a bump and... Some of the stuff he did during this feud is oh, like, it's, it's great. There's stuff where he like falls off like sure. very high shit. Ladders like, in, yeah, huh? like it's but crazy. It's, but this feud is not about wrestling, and it's not for the wrestling traditionalists. Yeah. And right behind it, on its heels, we have Flair Steamboat, which is pretty much the antithesis of this feud. Meaning, it's very NWA. It's very wrestling. Like I was saying, exchange of holds. Who is better? I think Long we're, matches. We're damned if we do, and we're damned if we don't. I think there'll be a lot of traditionalists be like this is fucked up that you wouldn't put this above Austin McMahon. I sure as hell wouldn't put it above Hogan and Andre. I know, which is sacrilegious if you're south of the Mason-Dixon because God forbid, you know, something that didn't produce a good wrestling match could be regarded as good. Yeah, but then we're we're holding Austin McMahon back for the same I know. reason. Here's the thing, right? Yeah. Obviously, we're trying to do our best to look at every angle of this and not just be completely opinionated. You it's know? also, here's the thing. This isn't about the best matches. It's, called, it's about the best feuds. Correct. It's called the rankings of feuds. It <laughs> yes, has nothing not, to do with the, like, matches. No, well, it has something to do, but it's not entirely. I mean, that can elevate it, but, yeah. Exactly. That's why Austin Bread is number one, because it has everything. But it's, like, it's more just, like, it's kind of like a good piece of furniture in the living room, in this case. Like, Correct. Right? Like, it's, right. like, the wrestling is just a piece of it. It's a piece of it. Yeah. Austin McMahon doesn't have the wrestling. Obviously, Flair Steamboat does. Mm-hmm. I think Flair Steamboat, Quinn, I think it actually is going to get the nod. I'm going to tell you why. Sure. Because there were 17 years worth, you know, th- throughout of a TV title. It's just very classic TV right. title, U.S. title, tag title. They move on in their careers. They come back together in 89. They do it again in front of a huge audience. Three killer matches. Then they come back and do it again in 94. It's big, man. It, that, there's just something very classic about that. But yeah, go ahead. somebody could go argue ahead. back at you that Austin and Vince had their own paths that lasted many years that led up to this. Four years. And then, you know, for old time's sake, they're always... Here's the thing that we that we we specifically said this with Vince, is that the Vince end of it, his background in this, is that as this feud came along, it really started to make everything clear about, like... Who are all these people in the back? What is all this I shit? Know. Like, all, like you know what I mean? Like, and they they would like even invent history about like you know his kids and yeah. his, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and it was just like it was like they did have like deep backstories to both characters. And Austin had this I I built up from nothing, and you know I was this crappy guy in WCW or whatever. Yeah, but you if know, you take like, off the rose colored glasses, the higher power. 
Well, yeah. Satan taker. Crucifying okay. Stephanie. Yeah. That's the. That, who raised the briefcase? That whole night. Who raised All the briefcase? All of 99 is, is ass about this once Big yeah. Show debuts. Okay. I'll, uh, one, I'm sorry. Because of 1999, mainly. It stinks. Yeah. It sucks that that happened because. It, it doesn't hold up after you, 98. You, honestly, Quinn. if they just skipped 1999, although we'd lose that great ladder match. Shut up. But if they skipped 1999 and just fast forwarded to 2001, 2000 and 2001. Yeah. Like, just say Vince is gone for some reason after Survivor Series 98, <laughs> and then, like, Triple H and, like, Stephanie thing happens in 2000. And, yeah. Because that's, like, when it gets good again. It does, but Austin's not really there in 2000, so. Yeah. Remember? Yeah, Vince, like, <laughs> having to deal with the fallout of his daughter yeah. becoming a total jerk. That's all jerk. good. I like, yeah, that I, I like that stuff. I like that. I like that. Yeah. But Austin's not really there. Like, it Peter's at 99 stinks. Flair Steamboat goes above it. I'm sorry for anyone right. that thinks it drew more money. It did. I'm sure it drew more money, Austin McMahon, but that's not the only criteria. Just look up top drawing feuds of all time. I'm sure it's got something to do with the El Santo or whoever the fuck in Mexico I don't and even Ricky Dozen. about El Santo. Alright, that's not okay. the point of the show. Okay. So number three is Flair Steamboat. Hogan Andre stays at number two though, right? I, I don't agree. care. I'm sorry. I, Take I'm, all your stars, stuff them in a sack. I'm there. I'm in the same boat. Hogan yeah. Andre is huge. I'm not even gonna question that. I'm sorry. Yes, Flair Steamboat has much better wrestling matches. It does. For I me to fall asleep to, I'd rather watch Hogan list. Andre. A good list. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not, I don't mean to be mean to anyone. If I offend your sensibilities, I do apologize. I am a nice person. But guess what? It's the end of the year, and we're trying to rank the best views, and it's very, very hard. Hogan we, we, Andre we stays. It. It's done. Okay. It's done. We ranked them. I can play the music now? Yeah, you can play <laughs> it. The, good, the, the happier one. Okay, so at number one, Austin Brett. Number two is Hogan Andre. Three, very respectable, is Flyer Steamboat. Yeah. Like, seriously. It's good. Number four is Austin McMahon. Five is Brett Owen. And six is Austin Rock. And I want you to do something. If you disagree, just say why. Yeah. Tell us why. W-H-Y do you disagree, okay? That's all you have to do. You don't have to call us names or anything. Mm-hmm. Tell us why. And you can do that, of course, on Twitter. You could email us at ovppodcast at gmail.com or do it on the group. Quinn, when we come back, we are going home to WWF Superstars of Wrestling, where we kiss their asses all the time, apparently. It's Superstars of Wrestling. It's wonderful. What, what do you mean kissing asses? Go to, let's go to the WWF. That'll be coming up right after this. Okay, Steamboat, showtime! Two weeks from tomorrow, pal, I can see it now! The Nature Boy gonna bring every good-looking woman from all points of this land. The Stouffer's Hotel in Nashville, Tennessee, gonna be the site of the grandest victory party of all time. Because you see, on May 7th, Ric Flair, six times. Think about it, six times, Steamboat. Yes, my friend, woo, you are the man. And yes, my friend, you did beat the man. But now, pal, the heat's on. Two weeks from tomorrow, buddy, you've got to walk that aisle. And in the back of your mind, pal, you know this time it's my last chance, and I won't be denied. Two weeks from the ball, Steamboat, you're going to be mine! Woo! 
Hello, wrestling fans. It's time to shout out our friends of the show now. These are other independent podcasters that do their best each and every week to put out a unique program focusing on old wrestling, kind of like OVP. Let's start with the best of Southern Fried Wrestling. We're talking filthy. We're talking unprofessional wrestling podcast. We're talking about booking the territory where you will get your fix of the NWA each week. And then for a whimsical journey led by one man, Pete Winson, check out Greetings from Allentown. It might be WWF. It might be WCW. It could be Mid-South. So check out our friends of the show. We're talking about booking the territory and Greetings from Allentown. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast, episode number 205. And Quinn, uh, oh, that was quite a rankings, wasn't it? It was very quite. It was <laughs> very quite a rankings. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I think we did our best, folks. Look, I mean, we tried. And you let us know what you think, okay? Mm-hmm. We do our best. Give us your opinions, you know, and your opinionation, what should be number one. So Sun should always surely shine. Yeah, always. Um, anyway, we're going to blossom into superstars of wrestling here, Quinn. Now, we love superstars. Yes. We love the WWF. It's wonderful. And we're actually talking about 1987 this time around. Now, how did we arrive here at superstars? Well, we we both said, you know what? Let's do the WWF again. Okay. Quinn's like, hey, can we do 80s? I said, sure, let's do mm-hmm. 80s. So I went over to Richard Land, you know, the tape man. But he's, ah, got, the tape he's man. got all the tapes. He was like, oh, I might, I'll pick you one. And he picked us Superstars of Wrestling August 8th, 1987. So let's set the stage here, Quinn. This is um obviously a couple of months before Survivor Series. Mm-hmm. They're not even talking about it yet because Vince it's, hasn't probably thought of how to fuck over Crockett yet. Yeah, not yet. He's, <laughs> not yet. He's, he's working out the specifics. <laughs> right. And obviously there's no SummerSlam yet in 87, mm-hmm. so we're not worrying about that. So we're basically just in that period of time where we're building towards house shows. Right. MSG, Spectrum, all those things. And some things are changing. We're going to see a couple of things that are going on in the WWF. Uh, they don't mention here, but this is right around the time where Randy Savage is becoming a face. It's not okay. really mentioned too much. They don't even say any of no. that. But he's, about that. he's turning face. That's one of the things going on. But this is like, as far as the show is concerned, this is like the prime era for it. Like, oh, it I is, love this era of superstars. It's so like quick and like, but it still feels big. It's not like the green screen or anything. They're like, no, there. they don't have the green screen yeah, yet. It's like, this, it's <laughs> they like, didn't get it yet. It's like, no, we actually like sold this fucking place out like for this TV <laughs> yeah. taping. Like, you know what I mean? It's like everything is very big. I don't know if the crowd noise is sweet or not. So I didn't seem to notice that people can let us know, but I don't know. Like it doesn't sound like it. I don't, I think everything is natural during 87. Like I don't, I don't see it. It's it's like the next year is when they start getting like, Oh, we don't have to like sell out arenas. We don't have to be there. Yeah. We don't have to be there. (laughs) This could just very quickly be done and we don't have to do anything. Yep. So this is a great hour for the WWF though. This is post WrestleMania three, obviously pre main event, you know, from February, but they're definitely um, right in the middle of a golden era. It's fun. It's always fun to take a slice of what was going on. That's all this is. Richard picked this one for us. We didn't know what to expect. Very slicey. A lot of slices. So like a, a nice piece of pizza. Exactly. I think we'll get some after this. Go ahead. Yeah. Pepperoni or? Yeah, I have to order it over the phone there. On the phone. Yeah. Anyway, it's WWF Superstars of Wrestling, August 8th, 1987. Back to our happy spot, This right? is our happy spot, and uh, we get the intro with the, the recognized symbol of excellence in sports entertainment. The recognized symbol of excellence in sports entertainment. I note the saturation of the colors in that logo was, like, superb. Yes. Very 80s. Like Very I, 80s. I know that's just, like, the tape or whatever. But I love it. Off. 
Man, it looked good. Like I might need to have to put a screenshot of that on our forum. You know, I think you should yeah. put it on the forum. Yeah, put it on the message board. Group, whatever they call it now. Yep. Anyway, we get a cold open crowd shot here. We are in Glens Falls, New York. Hacksaw must be happy about that. Yeah, right? he's home. Yep. Thank you. Uh, this has been chosen by Look Magazine. Vince right. says, "As yeah, Look, uh, who as, reads Look? Who reads that? <laughs> was it even like how much longer was Look around? It's is not that, around anymore. Is that more of like a a ladies' magazine? That's not a Vince McMahon special, is it? No, I don't think so. But uh, apparently, it's been chosen. Glens Falls has as a uh, hometown USA. Cool. Uh, Vince and Bruno uh, only, what? and the Redcoats welcome us. No, Jesse." Welcome to the superstars of wrestling once again. My name is Vince McMahon, along with wrestling's living legend, Bruno Sammartino. Oh, come on, Richard. Like, <laughs> that, that was like my first, I think I blurted that out in my living room. I was like, are, are you, this is why this was uh, picked, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, and uh, no, Jesse isn't here. We're told, okay, yeah. oh, okay, we throw to him backstage. Where we're covering, Quinn, the battle for Bam Bam. Oh, yeah, this. Yeah, this. Let's mention what this was. So Bam Bam Bigel, hi, I'm going to be here. He was going to come in and all the heel managers, because there's like no face managers in 87, no, right? not at all. So you got Jimmy Hart, Slick, Fuji, all these guys, Bobby, Johnny V. Yeah, sure. He's going to really <laughs> like pick Johnny him. Johnny V. Nobody, <laughs> nobody would ever pick Johnny V, like if they had a choice. Yeah, you get stuck with him. You don't yeah. pick him. Johnny <laughs> V's like, we didn't have anything left. You know, all the other managers reject Bobby the Brain doesn't want me. And when you're slick. worse than Fuji in in '87, worse than Slick, like really? Well, it's like it's like '87's mid card, right? Slick is very like particular about who he picks, and some of them are poop, and some yeah. of them are good. Right, right. Like, it's like, but anyway, the whole deal was like it's the same shit they did with Savage in '85. It's literally the same thing where all the heel managers are like, I want a manager, well, I'm going to, and then right. he doesn't pick that person. Right. <laughs> That's what it is, and we know who Bam Bam picks. Obviously, it's right. the Worst possible choice. No wonder his career went down the toilet in WF. Oliver King Koopa Humperdinck. Yeah. <sighs> Horrible. But anyway, Jesse has like an Outback Jack hat on. I'm not kidding. And he's with Jimmy Hart. And right. Jimmy's like, oh man, baby. He's very upset that Bam Bam didn't want him. Huge face, Jimmy Hart. Yeah. Come on, Jimmy. Let it out, man. That's the only way to get over it. Can you believe Bam Bam didn't want me for a manager? But just remember, I still have two world champions. But I love how Jimmy's like, well, I still got the hearts and honky, baby. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's can you really be that upset? No. And in a nice touch here, after like, after that, they yeah. show like the board of the stills and, and Jimmy Hart's face is crossed out. <laughs> it's like all sad. It's cute, though. Yeah. Um, anyway, we cut to the classic WWF Superstars opening. Love it. I the love NES this. music. Doom, doom. Doon, 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 doon. And uh, without spoiling any of the action tonight, it looks like we're going to have a fun lineup ahead of us. Uh, so we go to ringside where Howard Finkel introduces a six-man tag in the ring okay. first. Got Joe Murdo, a greasy man who looks like Jeff Emmerich. Two people <laughs> will get that, and that's Ooh, okay. I don't even get it. Engineer for the Beatles in the 60s. Uh, and their partners are... Okay. Wait a minute. Hang on here. Joe Murdo is teaming with Don Morocco and... Ace comedy Bob Orvin? What the hell is this team? Like, what? why is it? It's like a, a, a jobber with two like main line that? people. Like, who the hell is Joe Murdo Listen, to be I teaming know, with Don Morocco? I know they revert. They, I know Dom, Donnie P and Ace Comedy. They are not like <laughs> the top anymore. No, but like, but they're still like a name. They're yeah, they're not like jobbers. <laughs> they shouldn't be with Joe Murdo. That's bizarre. <laughs> Very bizarre. So their opponents enter the ring happily. It's Hillbilly Jim. Tito Santana, who has nothing to do yet, and JYD, who also has nothing. What a team, though, yeah. to be honest. We get a big brouhaha to start here as Jesse's on commentary. Thank 
God. Like I, I was so upset. I was concerned <laughs> that Richard really just did this to us. <laughs> and like, what would he even be without Jesse? Because if Bruno never talks during the match anyway, so He's it would just horrendous. be Vince talking. Folks, and then Bruno, like, at the replay, like, show, hey, I'm here. Like, yeah, Oh, God. Folks, if you haven't watched Superstars of, like, 87 and 88, Bruno is useless. I don't know why he's there. He like, just does the fucking replays. That's it. He's <laughs> just poorly. And occasionally he'll butt his head and say, you stink, Jesse, yeah. or something. Oh, like, look yeah, at that. Yeah, and, like, and then he'll just stop talking. Oh, like, look at that. <laughs> so you piece of shit, Jesse. I hate you. Just- <laughs> like, and, then, and then he just won't stop talking. For like 20 minutes. Yeah. Anyway, the ref looks like a mailman here as Murdo and Hillbilly start shoulder bust by Murdo, but Hillbilly happily goes uh, nowhere and elbows Murdo back down. What even is Murdo in this <laughs> matter? Who is that guy? Just like the local jobber. I mean, I I've heard the name, but. It sounds like some guy that like used to be a big deal in like the <laughs> 60s. Like he looks like it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. With like Ted Oates or whoever. Yeah. Anyway, back to Morocco and we get JYD in lockup. Side head look by dog. Push off. Drop down by Morocco, but JYD drops down with a few of his crawling headbutts and Morocco is sent outside to the floor. Bob Orton wanders over and he like sarcastically claps at Morocco. Vince starts speculating about some issues. I guess they might have been having their problems, these two. I, I don't know. Well, they lost WrestleMania 3, that hot opener, you know? Maybe they never that, recovered. That's that's why. Mm-hmm. The opener. Yeah, the opener. That's why they care. Orton there in Morocco. Little dissension, I think, in the ranks there as well. No, no, I don't think so. I think Orton's just down lending support. See, there's a tag. Tagged a ace comedy here and then a tag to Tito. Lock up corner shove, uh, but Tito rolls off and on the ropes there. Big slug fest by Tito as the crowd is so quiet and motionless that they actually kind of look fake. It was very weird. You just hmm. see like this because this is the end of the taping. So everyone just kind of sitting there still for like a minute and eating very, popcorn slowly. If yeah. They nurse this for another hour. Very weird. Yeah. Uh, anyway, body slam by Tito wakes up the crowd a little bit off the ropes. Orton with the clothes on. He sets up. A Don Morocco reverse pile driver. Hmm. And then Bruno suddenly talks for like the first time. I'm not kidding. Since the intro, like <laughs> literally. And he's like, oh, somebody, the body scissors as Tito wiggles out of the pile driver. But look at his scissors. Santana scissors. Look at that. Scissors to Orton's head. Orton tags in Morocco, by the way, who now Morocco decides to try to give Tito the superplex, much <laughs> to Bruno's delight. Oh, yeah. look at that. And then uh, Orton gets all hissy about it. He's like, no, that's my move. So he shoves Tito off, who falls on top of Morocco for the win. What the hell? Fuck Orton. What I, the hell? I don't like that. Yeah, like, let, it, let him do the move, at least. He, like, blatantly. Also, what are you doing screwing with Donald P? You were never... He, this guy was never a big star compared to Morocco. Ace comedy? No. He, Ace comedy? He's always a side guy. He didn't have the icy belt. Yeah. He didn't fight Snooka in a cage. Yeah. Maybe he did, actually. I don't know. He didn't offer Could've. Johnny Rods an Intercontinental title shot. That's a... That's very big of him that, to do that. It's one of my favorite Don Morocco stupid... And I'll like, give uh, Johnny very Rods big, a shot. Yeah, the, when it, like, this as soon real, as he folks. wins the second Intercontinental title, the first thing he says is like, no, I'll give Johnny Rods a he's title. Like, I don't know why the Rocky Johnson wants one. You yeah. know, he's like, I'll give it to Johnny Rods. Won't get one Rods. yet. That's still one of my favorite things. <laughs> anyway, the faces clear the ring as Murdo calmly watches Orton and Morocco arguing. Then he finally has enough and he leaves. Orton gets all huffy with Morocco, like extra huffy. Pokes him one too many times. Slaps Morocco across the face. Leads to a big slug vest. Crowd kind of cares. I'm not gonna like overplay it. They're like, eh. yeah. Well, I can tell you what. These guys have had their differences in the past. I don't think this one they're going to be able to reconcile after this. Orton with an eye gouge and he charges, but Morocco catches him. They tumble to the floor. Hey, where's Fuji to break this shit up, by the way? Like, Good isn't question. he their manager? 
Yeah, did he is he done with that with uh, Morocco did by he, now? Did he dump them because they were so crappy? <laughs> yeah, about <yeah, my> sock. <laughs> I got my demolition. I got things to do. It might have been because of demolition, Quinn. Yeah, I'm not I kidding. don't know, but it, it is weird to see Fuji not like standing up for Don Morocco at the very least. Aren't they like big friends for like years at yeah. this point? They went into acting together. And yeah, <laughs> very good friends. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Howard Finkel watches this all bored from his chair as Orton tries a pile driver. Morocco backdrops out, and Jesse now has to prompt bruno to talk again for literally the third time in eight minutes that's a lot for bruno <laughs> at this time period it's real and uh Morocco and orton continue to brawl they spill into the crowd which is kind of cool and we know this led to that great match remember we reviewed it with richard in msg in september oh yeah it's really good remember Forgot about that it's actually very good yeah and uh bruno earns his pay quinn of course by doing the replay poorly by the way <laughs> God, he's so bad in this show. Like, he, he's really bad. He says Horton, like, more than what. And you look at Horton, like, there's no H. I don't know. What, what are you adding an H for? It's not there. There's no doubt that Horton causes Morocco in defeat. Morocco's trying to suplex. As you see Horton, Ben, as a result of Horton's push. See Horton hung up and drag Morocco over the top rope. Anyway, here's update from WDF Magazine, uh, which has got Ken Patera on the cover looking like a grandma. <laughs> Greg happily <laughs> reading the magazine as we zoom in. He's like, hmm. Like, <laughs> he, he, he's doing that. It's real. Oh, hi, fans. Matilda. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> he brings up last week's pose down between Butch Reed and superstar Billy Graham. And he's like, it was Physique City. It was Physique City. What, a gorilla write this promo? Fucking Greg. <laughs> Fucking Greg. Yeah. Anyway, here's a promo with Graham and Greg from last week, or recently, or like today, yeah. I don't remember. And Superstar's like, I passed the test uh, when they stomped on me, and I'm fine. I don't, it doesn't, it stinks. The pose down was not the test, brother. The test came, the acid test, was when the natural butch reed went for the Superstar's hip, when they cut me down, kicked me, and stomped on me. Anyway, Greg then throws to last week where Gene is all happy in the ring as Graham is by, oh, good posing. And uh, Butch <laughs> Reed attacks Graham from behind. Slick joins in with a few cane shots. That was fun with Slick getting involved. Yeah, he's like, he, like, never it. physically does anything. Rare, right? Yeah. Very rare. The beatdown goes on for a while. Finally, a superstar gets up, clears the ring. And now we're back to Greg DeGeorge, who's with Butch Reed and Slick. Slick is very dapper, by the way. He's got a beret on. <laughs> very yes. good. This is a, a, a an exceptional outfit for Slick. I like it. This week, I like it. And the natural Butch Reed here cuts a pretty acceptable promo about how he's better than Billy Graham. Yeah, fuck Superstar Graham. My muscles are bigger and natural. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> it's real. It's fine. It was no pose down. It was an insult to Butch Reed. Let me tell you something. Yeah, yeah, I hit him. Yeah, I knocked him down because everybody can see that Butch Reed's biceps is bigger. Greg uh, wraps things up here. We get out of the update center. We go to ringside where Demolition are entering the ring. Hey, why does this music sound all weird? Like, it's more guitar-y. There's no singing. Like, I knew there was, like, a non-singing version, but this one sounds... This is the one. This sounds weirder than I remember it. It's the like, non <laughs> It's like more electrical guitar. About to enter the ring, led by their manager, Mr. Fuji, from parts unknown, at a total combined weight of 579 pounds, at Smash Demolition! The non-singing version, there's yeah. only one as far as I know, is this one, and... It's actually the demo that Jimmy Hart made. It sounds very like it's, much it, like a demo. Yeah. 
and for then, demolition, of course. Get it? Yeah. So the demo for the demos. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Fuji is thankfully already with them. We have no Johnny V to deal with. Don't worry. He's yeah. long gone. Now, now and, would you say this theme is a rare theme? Just I need to ask that. They use it on TV for a while. I don't know how many times. Rare themes. Rare themes. You know my feelings yes. about that. I don't know if there's a clean rip of it. There might be. Yeah. I, I, I don't remember off the top of my head. But anyway, crowd's kind of into them and their opponents in the ring already. Brady Boone. Good. Yeah, he is good. Yeah. He's always good. I have no good. issues with him. His partner, C.V. Offie. Fuck. C.V. Come on. How is he still around? Oh, my God. He never goes away. <laughs> How long has he been here? Like three years already? He's so long. <laughs> He's never He's nothing. He's, He's so nothing. <laughs> he is so shitty. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Axe has like blue and red face paint. Yeah, the early paint. Way too much blue A lot there. of blue, huh? Yeah. Uh, anyway, Axe starts by axing away on Offie, which is fine with me. Irish whip dug under by C.V. Offie. Some chops. No one cares. Axe kills C.V. Offie with a clothesline, though. Tags in the Smasher, who smashes away as we now cut to Fuji with an insert promo about... Bam Bam. Very mysterious. <laughs> I get Bam Bam big low. And then he laughs about how Bam Bam doesn't like Jimmy Hart. <laughs> so, it's like, ha, ha, like you, Jimmy Hart. Is Fuji finally like, he's great. Like, I don't, I don't like. Oh, he's funny in 86. It's, yeah. it's like you said, no effort at all. Nothing. Like, he, it's just babbling. It's brilliant. It's, it's, the, it's one of the most brilliant. amazing performances I've up to about like 1991 or something. Like Once Yoko comes in, he kind of like he kinda, he checks out a little. He but. checks out a little bit more, but because his character isn't, isn't supposed to talk at that point. Yeah, what, like, what is that, by the way? I think it's just like, it's supposed to be like, oh, Yokozuna, he's no slouch. He's got Mr. Fuji, but we don't, he does now Mr. Fuji like doesn't even say anything. Right, right. I but gotcha. I mean, before that, this whole just like. 80s Fuji uh, is brilliant, uh, Quinn. Uh, good, yeah. uh, He never says anything that matters, but it sounds like it does. Yes, it, he, some, he always finds a way to trick you into thinking like, oh, he did something here. And when he was a wrestler, it's the same thing. He does like three things and the rest of it is looking around at the crowd and like, it's nothing. He, man's a genius. I've never, I've never genius. had more respect for a wrestler for some stupid reason. He does like the lightest work possible and he yeah. gets probably paid just as well as a lot of other people. And Brilliant. he earns it though because people are always like, man, what is the deal? Like, yeah. People are always asking questions. They gotta give him kudos yeah. there. My bowler hat is off to him. Yeah. Brady Boone in now and Smash tinkers around with him while Vince and Jess- Jesse are just killing time. Bruno has yet to say anything during this match, by the way. Mm-hmm. And Boone does one of his trademark backflips and then a nice drop kick. As Jesse calls him Kathy Rigby, and I don't even know what that reference well, is. I didn't either, so I looked it up. Kathy yeah. Rigby was one of the uh, influential female gymnasts, uh, competed in the 1968 Olympics. Oh, jeez. We're not even talking about 80s sports no, people. But she was credited with kind of popularizing a. Uh, gymnastics in the I u.s see. as a competitive sport so there you go is kathy rigby kind of like eleanor rigby's daughter no but I would, is she like one of those people who's like the commentator probably on gymnastics <laughs> because like you know how they do that probably like in tennis now all of a sudden like you there's some some female and male person that used to play the tennis you, like in baseball too and like sam is a fucking commentator now or something he or, should be he was yeah. very good for a period yeah. of time i just feel like they always do that in those those particular sports not but in baseball too yeah. quinn not as much, right? Kenny Singleton, former player. Yeah, all the good ones. Phil Rizzuto, Bill White, of course. Oh, what are you true. talking about? Yeah. I think of it more, though, in these weird other sports where it's like the, it's like cycling. The superstars you've never heard of. But like they're like, I was right. I was in the bicycles for many years or whatever. I was a world champion in the shot put. Yeah. Good for you. And he's the only person qualified to commentate shot put. Only person that wants to. Yeah. 
<laughs> so anyway. How do you even commentate that? Oh, he, he threw, threw it. it. Yeah, it's like, that's it. <laughs> so we can do it. Anyway, um, <laughs> Boone charges again, gets caught by Smash into a side backbreaker, tagged to Axe, body slam, Smash back in, Irish whip, elevated bear hug into a stun gun by the Smasher. Fuji's all proud of yes, that, he and is. I agree. Uh, like, that, that, is, that was very, that was good. That good. Uh, Joey Morello's a referee, by the way. I forgot to mention that as we set up the demolition, decapitation, and it is all over. Easy peasy squash here. <laughs> Smash just attacks CB Offy after the bell. For, like, he, fuck he him. Stinks. Yeah, just like, get out of here. Yeah. Uh, Bruno does the replay and says Axe and Mac. My goodness, look at this. It's Smash's open down and Mac and uh, Axe came down. Just unbelievable. Ceremonial replay call. Also, Demolition music plays again, which stinks. I hate <laughs> that. I, I, I officially don't like this first version. Sorry, Quinn. It's too heavy on the electric guitar. It's a little too slow, too. Yeah. It's like, dun, 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 dun. It's just not, like, perfected yet. It's a demo. Yeah. For the demos. Yep. Anyway, over to Mean Gene. Oh, in front of the blue background here, and he brings in just Jim Brunzel. It was a festive t-shirt on, by the way. <laughs> kind of like it, actually. It's okay. It's got these nice striped patterns. It's not bad. And uh, he's like, oh, the killer bees have been good. Whoa. And apparently they have defeated the hearts in a few non-title matches, and Brunzel sounds like such a nice man. He's like, yeah, you know, I, we want to get the titles, and we might have to use the mass confusion on them to win the titles there. And so Gene Ross over here chimes in. He's like, oh, you played football and other sports in high school. Yeah, so did friends of mine. Who cares? What it, that's not like an accomplishment. Like, you know what I mean? Like a lot of people played sports yeah. in high school. Doesn't mean you're going to win the tag titles. Yeah. Oh, anyway, basically everyone hopes that the sports made him better or something. I as don't we get it. Do. Like what? I don't get it. He's what? He played some high school football, so that's why he's good. Like, what? What? That's, it's not anything. It's nothing. Anyway, we come back and we throw to a recent house show where Teddy DiBiase was in the ring inviting someone to come wipe down his sweaty body. And Vince is very saddened by this. Yes, and the best part of this whole thing, folks, yeah. is it's is DiBiase from some house show somewhere. I don't know where. Yeah. But he's doing a very calm voiceover. Narration. Narration. Like I was, you know, I just <laughs> want to match and um, I wanted to uh, have this woman or some woman come in. A beautiful in, woman. A beautiful woman and wipe my brow. But I couldn't and find a beautiful woman. Find, yeah, so we found this woman and, <laughs> and she, she did it for $100. Uh, yeah. Like, but, it, but unfortunately, I had to settle for what you see. There wasn't a gorgeous young lady to be found in the building. And it's some lady like with rock and robin hair, you know. Yeah. She's okay, but she wanders in. Like, I don't she's understand. Fine. I, the the insult that she's like ugly or something. That's she's not. not even, she wasn't. Like, Maybe I don't that's know the point what the of him being a yeah, heel, though, right? What a dick, right? Yeah. So the voiceover version of DiBiase is happily bragging about. He's like, and I'm rich, and I like being rich. Poor people suck. I'm rich. Fuck everyone. He's such a fucking ass. <laughs> he's a like, it's already. It's like I hate this guy. Like, he's, he's very new. He stinks. He's like, such a meanie. Yeah. What a tremendous character, though. Like, I love the work because he's brand new here. He had just come in, I think, in June or July. So he's barely been around and he's already like, fuck you. I yeah. have money. You, it's just good. It's like, here's the thing is that a lot of heels do this and it's very basic, but he's more malicious. The way he does it. it yeah. He's more malicious about yeah. it. Like, it's more just like, this is like evil. Like, yeah, this just is mean. fucked up. He's like, mean. Yeah. It's, it's just, and it's, it's, he's so convinced that he's right. It comes out in his voice. I right. think that's what makes it so, it digs deep into you and makes you hate him more. It's just because he's, he just feels so confident about, no, I have money and you're a loser because you don't. Like, and, right. like, that's just the way it is. Yeah. Like, that's the way he talks. Like, oh, Reagan. Yeah, no, it's very matter of fact about it. Yeah. Uh, anyway, back to ringside where Jesse's fine with all the DiBiase stuff, of course. 
Unfortunately, George Steele is here. Ugh, why? <laughs> he said, like, all these new people and they're good and stuff. <laughs> George Steele? George Steele still here? Why? I don't know. He gets a nice reaction, at least, though. His opponent is in the ring. It's Dusty Wolf, who has horrendous hair today. He could possibly Wayne Arnold. He <laughs> looks exactly like him. Jason <laughs> Hervey. Yeah, Jason Hervey. Yes. Well, he was in the wrestling business, remember? Yeah, with Fish- Maybe this is the match he saw, and he was like, wow, I could really do If that guy couldn't get in here, <laughs> you know what I mean? His hair's it's like turned- inspiration. <laughs> Yeah. Is there, isn't Jason Hervey like still in the wrestling business? Like, no. Sometimes. Still in the TV business, yeah. though. But his hair, folks, I got to just remember, it's like a beehive in the front, a broom in the back. It's yeah, just terrible. like Wayne. Yeah, like really. Like middle seasons, not when he turned face. It was no. like less beehive yeah. by that point. No, his hair's. Remember when he turned face? God, like people, 92. people always forget the last season where Wayne turned big face. He was like big Kevin supporter and big, every, like all of a sudden like. And he like tries to care about the lady with the kid and all that. Like he does his best. He gets best. married to her. Yeah, like the they end. They get married. She's, she's not even divorced yet, is she? Or I is thought she they divorced? like imply that they got married. No, they don't get married. What are you oh, talking they don't? about? No, mm. trust me. They Why don't. did I always think that? No, they break up. Oh. Remember? Man, I don't but he know. Do, he does the big try. Yeah, it's just I. It's such a 180 from what he was. An asshole. Yeah, like He's an such asshole. Such a douche. It's mostly I always attribute it to it. It's after the car incident when they crash into the cornfield and he says, "Are you okay?" And like from that point on, there's a slow. <laughs> there's like a slow Wayne becoming like better to the point where he's like literally like Owen after the Brett feud. Where he's like he's he's Mister like Come on, Kevin, don't screw it up. Yeah, I'm here good. for you. Like you know, like it's like I want to work at Dad's shop. Like it's. He's like a big face. He tries. I'm telling you, he tries. Yep. (laughs) Anyway, Animal tosses Wolf, ironically, uh, outside, body slams him on the floor. Steel wanders back in and eats a turnbuckle. (laughs) Well, Jimmy Corderas watches. Come on. (laughs) The funny thing here is Steel wrestles exactly the same match as he did in 83, and I'm sure like 73. Yep. It's like, what are we doing? Bruno actually talks on his own for once. It was like he talked for like a second and none of it mattered. Like, it's, uh, oh, he's over there now. Yeah, it's, like, it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> anyway, Steel said, Jesse says that Steel has an IQ of 20. And then Vince is like, just doesn't he remind you of Cro-Magnum or <laughs> Neanderthal, Thal, Thal, Slaw. Like, he's, it's horrible. He can't even like say it. Coleslaw. Yeah. Uh, Hammerlock on the map by Steel, but no flying yet. Why is this match happening? I don't like, know. I don't what are they building Steel for? This is literally like what we're watching in 19... 19- like, this is the same thing. It is. No, George literally. versus Jobber, nothing goes on. And nothing leads anywhere, yeah. yeah. Anyway, Dusty Wolf is a very good seller, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, fly- flying Hammerlock gets the Duke. <sighs> As George flaps around Hate or it. something. It's a- Hate it. We're, we, this is beyond its expiration no date. this is, is we, enough this is this is like he hasn't left <laughs> since 83 like when he borrowed like sergeant slaughter's tights or whatever like this is all like it's this has gone on continuously oh, no, it's all, it's, for like what is this like six years or something it's a lot of years that he just comes in and does this shit yes yeah wow it's a lot holy shit anyway bruno does the replays very impressed with steel's finisher uh back to gene who is with the one of the only bobby heenan gene's mm-hmm. like oh beverly hills you have a great shack out there it's quite a shack there's no question about that uh shack well, it's quite a palace i don't know what you want to call it palatial estate palatial at 3 30 in the morning you bail out the window with those wingtips under your arm bobby sounds like half buzz maybe high or something i don't know and bobby's like hey i have the king of wrestling and Harley Race uh, wanders in proudly from the left in full regalia. Looking stupid. <laughs> he doesn't care. 
care. He Even does Bobby, not care. Bobby tries to like fix it. Like he partially is like, look at this beautiful robe. And, like, <laughs> it's like, he looks like an idiot. Very Bobby. Yeah. Look at this beautiful robe and the crown. You know, very yeah. Bobby about yeah. it. Tell you what, I bet Harley Race didn't mind the money that was coming in no matter what he had to wear. <laughs> he didn't care. You know what I mean? He was like... 50. Yeah. You have a fucking job you where you made a lot of money. A three payday. Like, yeah. apparently the biggest payday for any show ever. You want to wrestle Hulk Hogan? Because yeah. that's what he was doing in 87, yeah. by the way. Sure. Make the money. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't think he minded the fucking Pretty crown. sure everyone made at least six figures during this time, <laughs> yeah. which is a lot of money in yeah. the 80s. That's what I'm trying to say. Anyway, yeah. uh, Race, <laughs> Gene calls him your highness. And <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Race calls out Hogan. And I do, I like their matches together a lot, for the record. Race mm-hmm. Hogan matches are fun in 87 and 8. Um, anyway, Bobby says Hogan's days are numbered. He storms off back to ringside where Jimmy Hart is introduced in the ring. And then Danny Davis, who's like the helper or whatever. It's real. Yeah, it's real. It <laughs> is real. It's his own separate intro. And he's not wrestling either. Who is wrestling? The WWF Tag Team Champions, the Hart Foundation. All heel. Oh, hell yeah. Also, I like Jimmy's neon red or whatever. Neon, neon pink. pink. Yeah. Neon pink suit. And I got amazing. I gotta say, Quinn, I really like 80s heel Brett. Like, he's so comically douchey about everything. He's douchey, but he still doesn't have, like, any personality at all, I will say. He has a little. You ever see their promos? He's always, like, sarcastic and he's laughing still, at shit. I always find it, it's the next year is when he kind of more figures it out. He's got baby... It's, while he has baby face, that's, like, when it is. he's very tentative. I think he's very good in He grows seven. into his face next year. Like it's real. Okay, I believe you. It's very real. It's uh, like his like hair's too far back or I'm something. Sorry, I don't know you're right. There's say. something weird about his hair too. Yeah, it's, it's like it's odd. Pushed back. He doesn't look like the Brett we know. Not until '88. Yeah. Anyway, uh, their opponents, the Hearts opponents, are the hot, young, up-and-coming team of Paul Roma, Jimmy Powers. Not even young or Stallions yet. Definitely not Stallions, Quinn. Yeah. I mean, they're just together here. Uh, but now Fink makes a special announcement to bring in a very effective referee in the WWF. What? And Danny Davis, obviously, he's like, ah, oh, it's me, ha. Huh? But no, it's Mr. T. Wait, what? In 1987? <laughs> Why is he even here? What does he even do? He just is. He just comes back. Why is he just like randomly friends with WF to the point know. where like he could just do this? Like, doesn't he have a show to film or anything? ATM's still on? I think it actually was in 87, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I'm pretty Tail sure. End. Nobody would have known who Mr. T was like the minute that show went off the air. <laughs> no, he's memorable. He is, but more in that nostalgia. People still remember him. Mr. T did nothing after A-Team, right? Like, <laughs> he didn't have to. I'm just saying. like, You he mean was, anything that mattered? Like, he literally became a nostalgia shit? act right after the show ended. Like Genius, if you ask me. He just is like, pull uh, that off? I'm always... He never played another character named something else. Like I don't think he did. It's amazing. No, it's I, big ups to him yeah. for that one. Anyway, he wanders out with like a big stick. It might be an umbrella. I'm not kidding. It literally might be. And he gets all happy. This is what I don't like. He's a referee getting all happy with the young stars. I don't like that. Which is exactly what you're not supposed to do when you're a ref. Yeah. How is this shit fair? That's like, not seriously, fair. It stinks. So the hearts see that. So they turn their back on him and mm-hmm. then they attack the stallions to start here. And the referee, I think, is Jack Lotz. So T isn't even refing. What even is this? Why, why like bringing him out now? I don't understand. And he, he doesn't even like stay at ringside to no. watch. I don't get it. He leaves. Yeah, he fucking leaves, and then Jack Lotz takes over. Yeah. Or as Joan Rivers says, Jack Lowitz. Yeah. Uh, Brett and Powers start. Anvil's in now. We get. In. <laughs> this is amazing. We get an insert the, promo. The, one of the best things the whole night. I'm not even kidding. From Danny Davis. Yeah. With his big New England accent, he's like, "I'm in the hot foundations corner because the refs." Like, and then that's it. It just ends. It's amazing. Here's Mr. Davis's comment. The reason I'm in the corner of the hot foundation is because the referees around 
Yeah, stink. That sentence, he needed to say that. That's like, I'm in the Hall Foundation's call because the refs stink. It's real. It's really good. The Hearts literally used the demolition decapitation, uh, which is probably a no-no, but... Uh, oh, well. They're Vin- the tag champs. They could do whatever. Yeah. Vince calls Powers and Roma an up-and-coming tag team. He's right. Yeah. Uh, Vince They're gets, always up-and-coming. Always. He gets extremely irritated now about Jimmy Hart's megaphone as Brett, meanwhile, lands a nice snap suplexa. Tag back to the anvil. Nice power slam. Brett back in. Misses a turnbuckle charge. Roma gets a mild tag in. Nice drop kick on each foundation member by Roma. The hearts collide, and Roma slugs away on both guys. Roma goes to work on Brett. Corner whip. Charging a monkey flip, but Brett blocks it. Gets the feet on the ropes and gets the win. Nice ending. Man. Nice little like ending. That. Yeah. Jesse's like, hey, it's illegal, but it's a win. There's no asterisk in the record books. There's no asterisk in the record book when it's over. It's still a win. Mr. T now suddenly runs out to protest, which rightfully pisses Jesse Ventura off. There's no instant re- Just stop. I know. He needs to not get out of here. You can't, like, do this. How he is- should have stayed at ringside if he wanted to fucking, <laughs> like, call it. Yeah, how do we know he saw things properly from the back? He didn't. Huh? You know he didn't. They told him watching. to just come out and say they told him what the ending was. <laughs> I know. So stupid. <laughs> Howard Finkel now jumps in the ring and makes an official announcement that the winners are Powers and Roma. Wait, what? That's bullshit. Yeah, they, I don't like what? <laughs> they, 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 yeah. they didn't get the win. Right. It's not like it's that kind of decision. It's just like, like if you want to give them a win, disqualify them or something. Right, right, right. But right. like, it's just no decision reversed. Yeah. How do you do that? That's not fair. Because that means in the record books, that means that he pinned him. Which isn't fair. Which he didn't pin him. I know. Because it's reversed. Do you Correct. see what I'm saying? I don't, it's so dumb. And then the faces hit unprovoked drop kicks on the Hart Foundation while the big fair referee, Mr. T, body slams Danny Davis. What the fuck? So then Jesse gets ultra pissed now and he's right. He's like, the match should be continued, if anything. I agree. <laughs> this is a bunch of horse. <laughs> I hate it. And then Bruno is all biased during the rebound. Ah, the Hot Foundation sucks. Yeah, uh. he's all shitting on. Shut up, Bruno. <laughs> like, seriously. Oh, the hot suck. <laughs> oh, look at that. Fuck you. How about that? Yeah. How about fuck off? Yeah. Why, you don't, you don't talk ever. Why yeah. are you talking now? Yeah, how about get the fuck out of here? Yeah. Look at this. Is there any way of a champ is a defender? I don't know. Watch this cheap stunt by Bret Hart. Now, watch this. Anyway, we go back to Greg now, who's on the platform with Bobby and his Islanders, and the Islanders are matching like blue suits. I love it; they're incredible. Mm-hmm. Greg's like, "Oh, the Can Abs aren't together anymore," and Brain gets all pissy with Greg. First of all, for calling him Brain, he's like, "We're not friends. You don't call me Brain." And then, it, and then Greg in <laughs> fucking bold over here, he yeah. interrupts. Like Bobby starts talking about something else, and he interrupts and he he asks if he can call like Bobby. Can I call you Bobby? Yeah, if he says, "Can I call you Bobby?" And I'm just. Like shut up, Greg! Like at my TV, like I was so mad at him, like because he just wouldn't like get out of the interview, yeah. like just go away. <laughs> Fucking this is this shut is up, why Greg. they replaced him with Mooney. <laughs> Mooney I mean, knows not to like he's talk a little, over yeah. them. He knows how to do that. Yeah, uh, Bobby makes fun of Zenk like for quitting in real life. You know, like ah, oh, what a quitter! And he's like, you know what, Martello, you can quit too if you want. You can get a job shoveling snow up in Canada. <laughs> I actually laughed at that. Yeah, it was funny. And then Craig is like. You may have taken care of the am, but the can is still alive, which oh. is very much like a Mooney line. I might, might as well end that sentence with, uh, uh. and then Tom, <laughs> Tom, Tom is amazing in this. The Rambo tells a fool. I love him so much. You know, you may have taken care of the am, but the can is still alive. And Rick Bartel said last week he's going to take you guys on one on one. Take us one on one. I think Rick Bartel is a fool. What are you talking about? This is one of the best tag teams in the world. Man. Exactly, number one. 
We go to break and we come back where Jake is entering the we, more matches, huh? Yeah, Jake's entering like, the ring in his weird red tights. <laughs> no music, he had a big pop. Yep. Uh, his opponent's gonna be Barry Horowitz, who's definitely like the heel jobber version, right? All proud. Yep. Referee is that mailman guy again from the beginning. We get a bell and a lockup. Horowitz tries to be good, but Jake's with a big boot in the corner, short arm clothesline, body slam, knee lift, DDT, and goodbye. It's good. My kind of squash. It's Damien's dinner time now. It is. <laughs> it's true. Well, that match is like 10 seconds. It's, it's amazing. It's, it's how, that's how it superstars is. It's how it should always be. So Jake pulls out a snake, puts it on Barry's face, and we go over to Mean Gene with a WWE fundraiser promo, and he's like, oh, send it to P.O. Box 38. Three six Stanford, Connecticut, 06905. Very nice. I guarantee you, if you mail anything there, you'll get the catalog. Like, I guarantee <laughs> you. Like, even if you're really trying to find out about fundraising for your, like, community, it's like, oh, by They're the saving way, your here's WF pillows or whatever. Yeah, right. <laughs> anyway, uh, back to ringside now, where <laughs> Vince throws to a Brutus Beefcake ice cream <laughs> bar promo. Was what was this for? He's like, I like it. Yeah, thrilling. <laughs> he's still got the smock, Yeah, by the he's way. not. The, he doesn't have the, where do you get this stuff, by the oh, way? Oh, oh, oh. A package. Vince thinks that was so funny, by the way. <laughs> the fake laugh. <laughs> Horrible. Smock. Anyway, we go back to the Fink. <laughs> more? How is there more matches? <laughs> One man gang. That's amazing. And Slick is there. Uh, gang's opponent, Quinn, is... David Studemeyer, who has very poor hair. I swear he was like a young blood or something at some point. He really, <laughs> it's it's true. Might have been. Gang with a big clubbing forearm to start. He yells like he's Mike Sharp over here. Oh! Uh, Jesse points out how Vince and Bruno have nothing bad to say about the gang. Body signed by gang. And we get an insert promo from Slick about Bam Bam Bigelow. And Slick promises he's going to have the Bammer soon. He basically wants to have the two best fat guys. And I'm not even kidding. Yeah, that's what he wants. Yeah. It's, I have the best fat people. It's real. Gourd Buster by Gang gets the win. Because superstars. And then for no real reason, one man gang hits another Gourd Buster after the bell, does it to Jimmy Corderas <laughs> as well. <laughs> I, I like laughed. That was very unexpected. Even the crowd was kind of happy. They're yeah, like, yeah, get like, the that, That's hilarious. Yeah. Like, what? What? So Joey Morello wanders out with Jack Lowitz, but they quickly, they're like, nope, we're not touching yeah, we're that. Not, we're not taking nope. bumps here. And then a few jobbers come out, but Gang kicks their asses as well with the Gord Busters. What is even happening? <laughs> oh, like, no. He's just beating up everyone. Jesse's all happy. Uh, Vince says Jack Tunney's going to be looking into this. He won't. No. Trust me. The only thing Jack Tunney looks into is a tub of hogging yeah. does. Uh, back to Mean Gene, who brings in Jimmy Hart, who's all happy. He's like, oh, look at the magazine, baby. It's got hockey on the cover. <laughs> Jimmy's so happy. <laughs> His hockey's there. <laughs> it's on the... I love him, baby. <laughs> look at him, baby. And this this whole, is, I was so happy we got that. Like, this a honky whole Jimmy. thing here. This is incredible. This is, like, perfect. So Honky <laughs> suddenly appears in. He's wearing his green, ugly jumpsuit. He's got his guitar, really <laughs> shitty, like, shower hair. He plays a non-existent chord on his guitar, and Gene, oh, you are an extraordinary musician. Not only a great professional wrestler, a great intercontinental champion, but a fantastic vocalist, great singer, and of course he is an extraordinary musician. And then Honky like, plays Eve, where he's like, bonk, bonk, and Jimmy, that's so good, baby! Jimmy, Jimmy's a, it's the best, baby! This is gonna play, he loves it. He's playing like not even notes. He's just yeah. like plunking the shit. The best part is Jimmy knows how to play yes. things because he's an actual musician. That's but he's, so good. He's just cheering it on. It's incredible. Jimmy Hart is a face. He loves him. 
He's not trying to use him. He just yeah. loves him. He really thinks he's the best. <laughs> right. It's like, not like disingenuous. Yeah. Anyway, Honky brags about how great he is now. He's on the cover of every periodical in the United States of America. <laughs> uh, Gene brings up, oh, the IC belt is great, but there's a few guys that really want it, like Ricky Steamboat, Randy Savage, Jake Roberts, Tito Santana. And I was like, ah, whatever. Savage ain't good. No, Elizabeth ain't good. I got Pezzisu. No one can beat me. Thank you very much. And that's it. Good stuff. And yeah, oh my God, that promo was... What a way to end the show. I was laughing so <sighs> hard, like in my chair watching. The, the guitar playing like got me. I was <laughs> like, they know. <laughs> Jimmy, it's like, that is so great, baby! That, yeah! That, that was the best part. Like, Gene's like, oh, you're extraordinary. And then yeah. he plays like even worse. And Jimmy's like, it's so good. <laughs> yeah. Like, you're the best. Anyway, back to ringside. Uh, Vince uh, runs it up, runs it down for next week. We're going to have more on the battle for Bam Bam. Mm-hmm. Ted DiBiase, still a rich asshole. The British Bulldogs will be here. <laughs> Vince says, Frankie and the Beware Man. Would Gorilla what? write this again? <laughs> I like how Frankie's first. It's, more, know, it's right? more important that we know Frankie's going to be here. Frankie's first. And that's all, folks. And tell you what, very easy, fun episode of Superstars, as it was definitely getting its act together in the 80s, mm-hmm. like we said. Just fun stuff, Quinn. Yep. Uh, fun show as always. Yep. I got nothing more to say. It was great. Well produced, tight, a lot of matches. Anytime you're like, wait, there's another match? There's yep. another match? That's a good sign. Yeah, it's just it's literally just like championship where it's like, let's fit a whole WrestleMania card right. into this, whatever. Very fun show. Nothing really important happened. Maybe if you want to call the uh, the Orton Morocco one stuff. One man gang development. And the one man gang, yeah. That's about it, but it was a fun time, folks. And you know what? That's actually going to do it for 2020 here That's on the it. regular show of wow. OVP. That's right. Thank you for a wonderful year. Episode 205 in the books next week on January 4th. Episode 206. We will be back. And obviously, keep an eye out for Royal Rumble 92. That'll be coming out very soon in the new year. Have a happy new year, by the way. Have fun, whatever you do. Thank you guys for, despite what 2020 was in the world, we're happy to provide you with the world of retro wrestling. Thank you so much for your support. Have a happy new year. Be safe. We will see you in 2021. I'm Joe Murata. That's Michael Quinn, and we are out of here. See ya. Jim Brunzel, you and your partner, B. Brian Blair, have been on a roll as of late. As a matter of fact, for the record, let me point out that in two previous non-title encounters against the Heart Foundation, you have defeated them. And uh, there's talk about upcoming title shots. And this time, the titles obviously are going to have to be on the line. Well, we hope so, uh, Gene. You know, it's been it's been a real tough two years for Brian and myself. Uh, we had a lot of frustrations. We had some injuries. And then we had some bad luck as of late. But uh, what you said uh, was true. We did defeat the, the Hearts on two different occasions and forced them into a title defense. And uh, hopefully, uh, we'll be able to uh, confuse them again. They're, they are a strong team. But, you know, uh, championship teams, a lot of uh, people out there viewing right now don't realize that they they're on the road uh, all the time they're defending their belts from one part of the country to the next part of the country and uh, they have a lot of pressure on them and uh, hopefully uh, that pressure will uh, take its toll on the hearts and maybe Brian and I can throw a little mass confusion in and get those belts you know I want to I want to add a little insight here into what makes Jim Brunzel tick I, I don't think I don't think a lot of people are aware of the fact that that you, Jim Brunzel, had a kind of a varied athletic background in sports. You competed in football in both the high school and college. Who cares? Who cares?